Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. How are you? I'm always good because it's a week where you and I are going to Bloomington. I, uh, I'm a little intimidated by 15 inches of snow, but I'm I'm going to overcome that. I'm going to bring my sled, and we're going to have a great time. Maybe we can do some tobogganing. Calvin and Hobbes style? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe you and I should get snowshoes, like those big <laughs> things, just walk through campus that way. Puffing on stogies in our snowshoes. <laughs> I am super excited. It is a massive game on Saturday. I mean, massive. Yep. Yep. I mean, look, this is, we're in the stretch. Like, okay, this is it. If we win this game, we're all going to lose our minds with how good this team is and what its potential is. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're kind of already there because let's be honest, this last week, now the Michigan close. game. The Michigan, the Michigan game, game kept us in check. The Michigan game is the albatross right now around the the unbridled enthusiasm of the fan base for sure. But that Maryland game, Maryland sucks. I mean, they're not good. Maryland's not good. But playing at Maryland is tough, and as evidenced by the fact that we've never won there since they've entered the Big Ten Conference, and so. What I liked about that game the most was outside of the first, what was it, like three, four minutes where they went up 8-0. Right. We just controlled the game. Yeah. I mean, we absolutely controlled the game, and everybody contributed, it seemed, except for Tamar Bates. He had a rough go of it. Yeah, Scoop was poop, but you know what? He's a young guy, and he's he's getting run, which at the end of the day, it, it will make him better even when he's having rough stretches. Just the fact that he's out there getting minutes on the road, he'll be the better for it. But we've won two road games. We're seven and four in the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that just it's the first time we've been seven and four, uh, that good of a record in the Big Ten since 2016, the last time. Green won a Big Ten championship. Well, and pure numbers aside, we were talking about this. Like, when was the last time it felt like late January 
that we were getting better as a team, that we were seeing individual players grow. X being the best example of that, but race, you know, here's an example of, yeah, we want you to shoot it. We want you to shoot it. We don't care that you're one for 39. Keep <laughs> shooting it. Oh, and now you've hit five of six. Look what this this confidence uh, we have in you has resulted in. You're just starting to see on a different night, different players step up and, and do their part. I, I totally agree. And don't forget Jordan Geronimo. J- I think KG. you're seeing you're seeing real progression there. And Absolutely. look, to borrow Tom Allen's one word approach, if I could have had one word, if we did one word for Indiana basketball this year, it simply would have been progress. Mm, I that, was going to say is, improvement, but yeah, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, but, but that's all I wanted because it seems like we have been stuck in concrete for five years. Yep. And that's what it has felt like, mm-hmm. where I don't care that that 2020 team, when COVID came around, that you know we were borderline on the bubble, maybe would have gotten in. It didn't feel like we were much better. Correct. It felt like we were still the same mediocre team. And it just didn't feel like there was ever forward momentum for the last many years, even though we tried to squint our eyes and convince ourselves there was. I think, there the, la- I think the last feeling of momentum was when Romeo said he was coming. <laughs> no, no, when Trace, when Trace said he was coming, it, it, there was, no, there was very No, no, little... I'm going to give you Romeo because with, Tra- I give you Romeo because with Trace, Trace committed the year after Romeo, right? Yes. I think that's when his commitment came, but Romeo was a better prospect and we sucked. Yeah. So like I was happy to get Trace, but it did not feel like program changing momentum it never felt like that because we had seen enough on the court after two years that it just felt like well what's it going to be on the court and it wasn't any better it wasn't significantly better this seems like real progress real to use your word improvement within the year and versus last year and And with team and individual like you know we're just all the way around it feels like seven and four is has been earned and we know with oh you know if we just did did that fucked up in wisconsin you know like we're we are clearly in the and it's what six teams but it is the upper echelon of the big 10 and with so many teams tied at the very top and we're really just like a game game and a half back depending on how you're looking at the wins and losses and there's been this separation. Now, look, Michigan could be coming up from below and entering that group, um, and we're not, like, safely way up all in there no. in it. Um, and the, look, these next five games, starting with this game, are really going to determine how crazily optimistic we are. I think if we win two out of the next five, we're like, okay, that was a really tough five, and we're still on track to readily get into the tournament. If we oh, win, yeah. I mean, if look, we win three out of five, we're losing our GD minds. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. If we win against Illinois, I'll be losing my mind because if we sure. lose against Illinois, I feel like, well, first, I mean, if we win against Illinois, I will be going out of my mind because one, it would be a win when we're there, a big win when we're there, which doesn't happen. So right. that's one reason to go crazy. But the other is 
that would give us eight conference wins. And it is very easy to see the path to 11 wins there, you know, like without having to do much other than what's expected. And 11 and nine in the Big Ten, we are 100% in this tournament. Yeah. Well, and that's and progress. When, yeah. And when you're talking about Illinois, they've got talent, they've got size, um, they've beaten other good teams. They're they're clearly a top Big Ten team, clearly a tournament team. If they get hot at the right time, they're a team that could make a run. They have the talent. Uh, but if you're talking about we beat Purdue, we beat Ohio State, we can also beat Illinois. Now we're like, okay, we as, as Mike Woodson said in the locker room after the Maryland game, you guys, he said, I believe you guys can beat any team in the country. And, you know, okay, let's not get into maybe Gonzaga talk right now. Right. But since we beat Purdue, it, it definitely doesn't feel to me like there's a team in the Big Ten that's just so good and so dominant. We couldn't beat them on a given night, certainly not in our home, home uh, court. Yeah, I mean, Assembly Hall changes things, obviously, unless we're there. But right. we are trying to do something to break our curse. Mm -hmm. We sent it out on Twitter today. We were so blown away by the performance uh, against Maryland at Maryland. But more than the performance, we were blown away by the wardrobe of our head coach. A lot has been made of it, but our head coach went total Ron Burgundy, uh, Robert Goulet, jazz <laughs> singer, call it what you want. He went suit with a red turtleneck. And so Ward said, we got to get red turtlenecks and suits. And that's what we're doing. We're coming with our black suits and red turtlenecks to Assembly Hall this Saturday. Full credit, Steve Dodato. I think maybe it was Labrette, one of the goons, because all the goons have these really cool sports coats. They've been wearing IU sports coats, custom made, and they're like, we got to get turtlenecks to go with our sports coats. But then I was like, well, you and I are going to be there. We need to just go straight up with the Ron Burgundy, Mike Woodson combo. Eventually, hopefully, we'll get the goons cool sports jackets too. But for this, we are fully committing to the black sports coat, the black uh, slacks, and the red turtleneck. And that's what we want as many of you listening to do as possible. Let's get this cult of personality in full effect. I'm totally with you. You know, my mind just bounced to a little bit of the hate from people that don't like us talking about our personal stories. You know, the hate that we get when people don't like it. But um, and I know you don't like it when I bring up the hate. Nope. But but so it did, you know, with that kind of thought in mind of like, we've got to remain focused and don't waste people's time. I did have a question for you. What's your most embarrassing moment in life? Yeah. You know, the first one that springs to mind is I was elected by my cabin at Camp Tecumseh as the cabin representative at like the council of whatever the sad. How, how old are you? How old are you? I'm like 10. OK, so you're 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 what? Fourth grade. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Somewhere fourth, fifth grade. All right. I like to paint there. the picture. I like to paint the picture. Yeah, I, okay. Like kind of prepubescent, maybe, maybe okay. 11, right, right there. Getting, getting to the place where you're like looking at girls and stuff like that. Sure. That that's it. That's or guys or guys or, or guys for, for me, I'm saying I was starting to have like little right. camp crushes on girls. Okay. So, um, big honor I go and it's in the lodge 
and and we all sit around in this circle like the kid elected from every cabin both female and male and there's a few counselors there and you're there representing what your cabin uh, wants out of this week at camp like we're here sure. we want to do the gold rush we want to do you know capture the flag whatever it is and you know finally probably about halfway through it gets around to me i didn't know it was going to happen i had no idea it was coming all eyes on me and i just rip a gigantic fart <laughs> just an undeniably loud rippage do you think it was a nervous fart I, I have no idea where it came from. No, no, like I, I, only because I don't ever remember before or after getting like nerves in my stomach resulting but in your I, body just had to get it out at that moment. Yeah. You know, some sort of shift or something. So like all there's like just 20 people like just all dying laughing. <laughs> and I will have to say, like, it was even hilarious to me. I was mortified. My face right. was beat red because they were laughing at you let's be clear a thousand percent yeah sure but the only reason it wasn't a more painful memory was because i i was laughing at me too yeah no i get that i get that well i'm glad i i i like that that's a good story and yours there are so many ward and you know some of them i mean there is the the leg story uh, in New York City at the Waldorf Astoria. Oh, mm -hmm. there is mm -hmm. that one. There is uh, the um, bathroom at uh, Assembly Hall story. Do you remember that one? I mean, I just remember the one where you were you were on your phone tweeting, and I led you into the women's restroom and well, watched you walk in. <laughs> well, that that was funny, but that that. I don't know. I think I've shared this with you, but I'll go ahead and share this one because it is Indiana related. It was um, winter break my sophomore year. No, no. It was winter break my senior year. And I drove back from St. Louis. And uh, my mom would always like pack up some food for us to take back with us when we oh, went to. Marsha, such a good mom. And Marsha made a vat of chili and sent it back with me. And I got back to Indiana and there was a game. There was a game that uh, I think the next morning, the next afternoon, noon game. And I was hungry. So I ate just a ton of the chili that morning. And I then <laughs> oh, walked chili, over. To a... Chili in the morning. <laughs> it was it was like 11. It was like an 11 thing. Okay. And the game, Lunch. by the way, the game may have been a 3 p.m. game. I don't really remember. Okay. Um, it's not the important part of the story. Right. I, I walk over to Assembly Hall and to meet my friends, my old roommates, who we had seats together. And I'm walking up to the to the balcony. And uh, I realize no, it wasn't the balcony. It was the main floor. And I realize as I'm walking there, I, I'm going to I'm going to have to use the bathroom at, at some point. Like this chili is just coming correct and <laughs> and i'm gonna have to deal with this so i just kind of made a mental note of how close the bathroom is because for sometimes for me when it when it comes a knocking you just gotta go yeah and so i remember sitting down with my friends and we're kind of catching up about winter break and we hadn't seen each other since and i don't hear anything they're saying the game has started and all i hear is like <laughs> everything is just moving in slow motion i'm starting to get flop sweats mm -hmm. and i just go guys i gotta go to the bathroom 
Mm-hmm. So I beeline it out. You know, it's in the middle of the winter, obviously. So I've got a lot of clothes on. I bust into the bathroom. I close the door. I lock it. And I mean, it's Mount Vesuvius. I mean, it is just. It is unethical what's happening in that bathroom. And it, it's just coming out of me. And then uh, a few minutes after the initial, you know, expungement, if that's a word, purge, the purge, I, the door opens. And I'm like, oh, great. I hate when people come in, you know, when I'm going to the bathroom. And I thought I was safe because it was right at the beginning of the game. Right. And it's like three girls talking. <laughs> and I'm like, what are they doing drunk chicks like just go to the right bathroom and i hear that let's go oh what is that (laughs) and i could just feel the attention of these three girls who should not be in this bathroom focused on me and i can tell they're like focused on me sure and they kind of pause and they run out and i'm like thank god then like another purge happens and another group of people come in and it's girls again. Hmm. Hmm. And this is where the brain starts <laughs> clicking. Something ain't right here. And I may be the one that ain't right. And the girls comment again. And then they start walking towards the stall. And I realize that, you know, the little, like it's not airtight. No, no. So you can see, you know, and I look down and realize I've got my size 13 hiking boots on. So I, if I can try to do a demo, I immediately put my hands on the holes, the slits, and then put a foot up too. <laughs> and so I put my feet up and hands up to block the sight lines in. And what I didn't account for is when you do this and both feet in the air. Yeah. It opens the floodgates in a way that is just primal. disconcerting. Yeah, it's primal. That's that's like and on the it the It is plane. splashing. It's primal. And the girls are freaking out. And I am sweating. What am I going to do here? And finally, they leave. I, I figure out how to just wrap things up. I open the door. And directly in front of me, is a tampon machine. <laughs> so I realize I really messed this up. I like poke my head out of the door to make sure the coast is clear and then beeline it back. And I sit down and my friends, they see me, I'm sweating. I'm not happy. I'm in a bad, they're like, what happened to you? And I tell them the story and they just laugh through halftime. I mean, we, <laughs> it is just brutal. So I've got plenty of stories like that. When so, you uh, when you mentioned the chili, I, it came back to me. Yeah, you that, knew where I was going. Yeah, yeah, so, great, um, great story. Look, some bad news potentially on the horizon for our football program. A uh, lot of rumors that the McCullough family might be heading to Notre Dame. Well, that would mean they're dead to us. Well, let's not kill them yet. They haven't decided. No, but I said that, I'm, that's that's a warning. But let me let me say this. Uh, Tom Allen, figure it out. Keep him. I mean, th- this has huge ramifications because it's not just the best recruit for this coming class and the next class and, like, you know, a bunch of talent. There's a lot of kids that committed to Indiana because of those kids committing to Indiana. Sure. 
And if we can't figure out a way to keep a guy like McCullough, who has roots in Indiana on some level, and he decided to leave the Chiefs to come here, yeah. if we can't figure out a way to keep him, we're doing something wrong, and it does not speak well for the future of the program. It really doesn't. I'm very concerned about it. I hear you. Uh, I agree. I also think if the somehow the roles were res- reversed and you imagined it was like – Keep going. I got to plug in. Okay. Uh, I thought maybe you'd had some chili and you were running off. Um, my my thought, though, is if Notre Dame basketball somehow had somebody that Indiana University basketball wanted to have on their staff, uh, we would get them. We would get them because we're Indiana University basketball and they're friggin' Notre Dame. Yeah, that's, and so that's be, fair. You know, it's it's, you know, really hard for me to sit here and be like, you know, okay, yes, ultimately money talks, but ultimately Notre Dame has a ton more money for football than we do. When you talk about history, you talk about tradition. Um, you know, I have no idea what kind of personal relationships might be already in place with that staff and the McCullough family, particularly Dylan. I don't know, but I know when you're talking about what Notre Dame football is and has always been compared to Indiana, that's a really tough battle to be in. It is. You're right. We should lose that battle, but we can't lose that battle. I mean, like I just, you look at the turnover of this football program in terms of players and coaches from last year to what's coming up this year. It is insane. I mean, it is insane. We lost our offensive coordinator for good reason. We lost our defensive coordinator. I don't know if for good reason we lost our defensive line coach, you know, we lost, bunches of players we've got i think something like 35 new players coming in next year it is it's remarkable and dealing just felt like felt like a statement higher for us that we are because i mean walt bell does not seem like a statement higher you know all the other coaches that we've brought in do not seem like statement hires dealing mccullough was and if we lose him that quickly after the year we had just it's another one of those like holy crap, then that year really was just a mirage. And that really bothers me. I just hope we're doing everything we can to keep them. That's all yep. I'll say. I'm with you. And and I would just conclude on with, like, this incredible turnover. It's like, well, after what last season was, it can't really get worse. <laughs> no. No, it can't except the recruiting can get worse. That's what I'm worried about. Because the recruiting was the best recruiting class we've ever had. And right. And, and- take away the McCulloughs. And take away some guys that came to Indiana because of the McCulloughs. Right. And it could get worse for the future. So, but, but we can't do any worse than losing every single Big Ten game. That's true. That's true. We could lose <laughs> a couple non-conference games. Yeah, the floor has been reached in conference. We'll let, we'll see if we'll see if there's any way we could go lower in the non-conference. But I I I continue to have faith in the force of nature that is Tom Allen, the force of love that is Tom Allen, and we want it to be sooner. Uh, but I feel like sooner or later, if we stay the course with Coach Allen, this is going to be a program that year in and year out plays every opponent tough and goes to a bowl and more seasons than it doesn't. And that would be all we could really ask for as Indiana football fans. Yeah, that's success. That's success. But let's get back to focusing on Saturday. I'm so excited. We, if you're in town, 
please come say hi to us. We love connecting with, with Hoosiers when we're in Bloomington. And, uh, I mean, it does seem like things are ticking in the right direction. So this is exciting as hell. It's just, it's so fun. It's so fun. Even, you know, interactions with my dad, you know, after the game now, it's just like, we're all, we're all trying to be cautious because we've been hurt so much for so long, but it's like, damn, like seven and four in, in conference, like we, that's 16 and five. Yeah. And and like Woody's, Woody's winning percentage at IU is better than Bob Knight's. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely is playing a schedule that Bob Knight never played. I can say that. Um, but yeah, man, it's exciting. Can't wait. Uh, the team does seem like it's been injected with a source of mystical powers that almost seems as though it, like our podcast, is powered by. miss doing the siren call i oh. miss it now i officially miss it now okay cool 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 all right <laughs> well uh our our guest today is somebody that we have had the pleasure of getting to know over the last few years he was involved in our event at the bluebird at the end of 2019 he is um an incredibly warm big hearted person in more ways than one literally and figuratively he is uh He's just an awesome, awesome dude that we've been wanting to have on the podcast for a long time. He's super funny, great personality, and uh, was on one of our favorite teams of all time. And anybody who's willing to drive, like, I don't know, 1,500 miles to feed a 1,000 hysterics outside the Bluebird, they're, they're family forever. That's exactly right. So with no further ado, let's get to our guest. Here comes our guest. Here comes our guest. We are excited to have our guest today. Are we not? Are we not? Eric, who do we have on the show today? Uh, No one does an ooey like you do an ooey, Ward. And today we are talking to a gentleman who hails from Charlotte, North Carolina, where he attended Olympic High School. He, of course, went to Indiana University, where he was just a block machine. He blocked seven shots in three different games. He blocked six shots in three different games. He has the third best season all time on block shots. He is fifth all time in number of block shots, which is also amazing when you consider he didn't. He got injured his senior year, didn't play that many games throughout his mm-hmm. career, and still the block numbers are just incredible. He led the team in blocks his last two years. He led the team in field goal percentage in his uh, junior year, I believe. He was a Big Ten All-Star in 1999. He is a Big Ten champion for one of his teams at Indiana. He is a Final Four and championship game participant, and he is the founder and owner of the best barbecue company in the history of food. <laughs> Ooh, we barbecue. Woo, Ladies and wait. gentlemen, we are talking to someone who I do consider a friend of ours. 
please welcome George Leach. You know, my wife is still going to make me mop the floor and do the dishes tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. You never get away from that. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Staying busy, uh, you know, pivoting, you know, with COVID going on and just making it, man. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about, you know, catch everybody up to what you're doing. I think your story now has been so um, promoted within the circles of Indiana because we are all just so proud that what you've done with your career post basketball and we'll get into the basketball stuff. But the Uwe barbecue has become really a phenomenon. Give us an update on where you are and how the pandemic uh, impacted you as it did so many businesses. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, to be honest, like when it first happened, I mean, I was in the dumps for at least two weeks trying to figure out, you know, what the hell I'm gonna do. Um, came up with a plan, uh, start. So we, we already had a good rapport with going to neighborhoods to like, you know, pool parties or community pool stuff, or, you know, they have some kind of fall festival. We have a lot of large communities that have HOAs here that they're kind of, you know, really inclined to doing events and they have the budget to to do all these events for um for the community so that was a, a way to cross market just selling at a, a corporate lunch you know somebody said hey well i have a neighborhood you come to we have like 400 homes here you know park park at the community pool so it literally turned into like a a drive up window so to speak and a mobile drive up window a local drive up window and, it, and it's it, it's super easy it's super you know safe as far as covid Right. You know, you literally come in the window. It's me, Jeff, or some of some of some of our of our employees, masked up, gloved up. You now all vaccinated, of course, and we're handing your food out of the back. There's no interaction other than you swiping the card or giving us cash. We don't have gloves on. So, I mean, for us, it it, it worked, and you know, it it you know, it had had its peak. It had its peak probably around. I want to say it lasted for about maybe ten months. Ten months of just neighborhoods every single day. And how many trucks are we talking? Is it just one truck or did you have multiple trucks? Two. Two trucks. So you're splitting them. Is it you and Jeff, you take one and Newt takes the other, or you guys stay in the same one? Divide and conquer. All right. Very good. And give (laughs) us an idea in a day, how many, like when you're doing that, when it was at its peak, how many plates of barbecue are you selling a day? So the first the first three months was kind of crazy. Um, I don't know, people thought they were just the world's going to end. And I'm like, hey, barbecue is the last meal. Cool. I'll take your money all day. <laughs> it was a little old It was like one, one time we had a line and we were trying to, it was like, it was 120 family packages. My, that's a, that's a fees of family of six. So that's almost probably we have on the truck. At one oh. time. Wow. So I had to kind of get a method of, well, let me just go see what I can order and get and just have it cooked up. Well, hell, like everything started running out. So I literally mm-hmm. bought, I bought uh, a little over a ton of pork and chicken. It was expensive. Oh, my God. But I just in case the stores were out, the stores were out. Yeah. So I cooked up everything, pulled it, froze it, had literally a ton and a half of just Stuff stacked up. You, you, uh, wait, 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 wait. You had over a ton of chicken. Are you saying a ton like I say a ton? Are you saying a ton as far as a unit of measurement? 2,000 yes. 2, pounds. 
Yes. You had thousand pounds yeah. of pork and chicken. Yeah. It, I was like, I, I was like, I'm, I'm like, babe, I'm about to spend like ten thousand dollars on food. I'm sorry, but I'm scared <laughs> that we don't. Still, like, do what you got to do. So, wow. I literally had I bought a double door freezer just to keep it a house, just because I caught hey, hey, look, call the health department. Like, look, this is legal, but I'm about to keep some feet, some stuff here because I can't keep everything to come. People are not going to be honest about having COVID or not. So I wanted to leave, be able to go cook them out from my smoker in my truck and not to deal with anybody. They were, they were cool with everything. So we, we were the first ones to go out. Nobody went out for like a month. I was like, screw it. I don't see anything not safe with us. I got to survive. I got people. To, I got, you know, kids, to, my, my two kids to feed. You know, got to be a way I can do this without being in the mix, you know? Right. Yeah. But that worked out. So, I mean, we went through all that food in 90 days, 100 days, maybe. Oh. God. Well, that that is incredible. But See, then I, I knew this was going to be the problem. We were going to get into talking about Uwe, and I was just going to start getting hungry right yeah. away. It is the problem, and we've because had it. We've, we've had, had it. it. Yes, George and and Newt were kind enough to come up for our event at the Bluebird a couple years back. Uh, more than that now. I appreciate that. That meant a lot. Oh, I got news too, by the way. What's that? We got some news about that, by the way, too. Really? Hit us. Hit us. Oh, so, um. Like since we had that, there were people there that was kind of, you know, everybody on the team was there. So, you know, that's that small inner circle, like you, like you know about there. It was like, you know, not expecting us to fail, but like, can they handle this? Right. You know, mm. a thousand people, you know, yeah. literally a thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I've been trying to peg away at this. Let me get into concessions. Like, I don't want, I don't want to compete. I want to be another avenue for whoever runs a school to make money off of me, for me to get this opportunity. So we, we finally sat down at the game, at, before the game on Sunday, finally sat down, email back and forth, you know, and everything. So right now is there, there's no contract signed. There's no, there's no offer made, but there's a plan. Wait, a plan for Uwe barbecue to be a concession provider at Indiana university athletics. Yes, sir. Yeah. Like, like at right. Assembly Hall. There's no contract. We we told we we verbally discussed stuff. We both were on the same page. There's still some logistical stuff we got to figure out. I mean, on my end, I'm ready. You know, insurance, whatever. I'm providing my own staff. You know, I'll be a one-stop shot, whatever. So holy shit! I don't. Wait, I are, that, are you? That it was emotion for me because the day I opened my business 10 years ago, I was like, I want to be, I have to get this up in Indiana. So this now a little, I'll know more probably this week or next week, but. Wow. And our event had something to do with that. Yeah. Cause everybody, not, not everybody up there expects to fail, but they were like, <laughs> it's, it's different when you, when you got a ball player saying, Hey, I can come on and feed a thousand people. Then you really do it. Right. You know, like I'm pretty sure there's other guys that's tried to get in there too. Like they just don't work with a lot of outside people. It's a small circle up there. Well, and look, especially with the football games and with the football games, they need help on concessions. They need more places for more people to eat. And when it's my own staff, they don't have to worry about everything. That is phenomenal. Are you planning on like if that goes into effect, is there a chance that that could go into effect for next season? Yes. And would you move to Bloomington to get that up on a uh, up on its no. feet? 
No. no. <laughs> I, I, I will travel up there and come back. Man, it was five degrees last week when I was up there. <laughs> it's 60 degrees right now in Charlotte. No. No, I mean, so, so, so the, the plan is, you know, the family dynamic gets in the way a little bit, you know? So it's sure. like, you know, I'm a hands-on dad. My wife has her own big career. So it's like, you know, let's, let's figure this out. She's cool with, you know, we got, it has to be a certain number behind us too. Right. You know, right. it has to be, it has to make sense to do this. Um, we're going to, it's, it's a couple games where it's like three home games in a row where, you know, they're on Saturday. So we'll, we'll just fly, I'll fly them up, you know, just to be around me or whatever until Sunday. And then we'll just figure it out. First year's going to be a figuring out kind of thing. I, I want to just pause on this for a second because look, I think that the, the world of food has gotten a lot more, um, opened up to people because of like food network and all of the food shows that exist where you get a peek behind the scenes shows yeah. like diners, drive-ins and dives and you know, all these shows, but the amount of work it took, like, just let's talk about our event. I mm. remember talking to you about it and you were like, we're going to have to get that smoker out and just start smoking everything like for 24 hours before the event. Like you weren't sleeping. And if you were sleeping, you were getting like a couple hours. But that that is not an easy business to get into and to continue to run. Um, talk a little bit about like for our event, what it mm -hmm. took to get a thousand people's worth of food ready. Yeah, so I'll, it's going to sound easier than what it is, but it's not. Um, so must it, it, it's all about what your smoker can hold right so if you want to be efficient enough you have to have the right equipment so my toughest thing was boiling noodles for the mac and cheese well for some reason it was so cold up there the only way i could do my mac and cheese was in my smoker so i don't do that if i'm if it's like last last you know the last option i have and i had right. did that on monday uh went went uh the department that morning got my product so I had to get my first wave of stuff, put on a smoker, come back in my second wave, put it in the fridge for the, for the next 12 hours. So I rotated um, hours of butts. So 12, 12, 12. So Jeff and I took turns after I got him out of Nick's. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know that's true. We know that's true. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, you know, did that three three ways was was enough. Um, I wanted to have some pork left over, so I could take some of my old academic advisors, take some of the people who I needed to take some. Say, hey, look, I'm serious about this. Um, right. And then I uh, the day before, the the morning of, I started doing chicken. So that way, just get it, chop it, get it, chop it, get it, chop it. So I mean, thousand people. <sighs> I mean. You're not doing much, but just getting the grill hot. Takes about an hour to get the grill ready. You know, soak your wood, put the butts in, and then you can do other stuff. So right. three days of six-hour prep, three 12-hour waves of smoking pork shoulders, and then six hours of smoking chicken. So, I mean. So when you're in this, let's say both when you're in this, like, smoking prepping phase, and then when it's actually time to serve a thousand hungry Hoosier fans coming up mm -hmm. with their hands outstretched. Like, because for me, I know, especially when the people are actually there, I'm stressing out. Like my small time in the food service industry was a stressful time. Is, yeah. is there, 
is do you get stressed out or or you know especially in the smoking part the way you describe it i almost see you being in a zen like state as you're tending yes. to your smoking meat i mean it's therapeutic for me oh. um i mean it's we do not i mean we did ask car we did hold on a story about that well we didn't that, that prepared us for stuff like this i mean when you get lines of a couple hundred deep and you got to get them out before the yellow flag is done I mean, <laughs> there was kind of smooth selling. I, I, I had all my like all, all my power hitters, all my good staff, you know, so I, I was cool. My my job was already done. They they literally had to get out the window. So, mm. you know, a little bit late hanging out, you know, but they, they showed up well, you know, in, in enough time to get stuff done and they knew what the magnitude of it was. So I don't necessarily stress like that. And Jeff Jeff don't stress about nothing. So I mean, come on. <laughs> that guy's never got worked up in his life. No, so I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're both pretty calm. You know, the prep part is the part where I'm a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, I mean, so once, to... we arrive, once we arrive, like, we're not going to get there, you know, we're, we're ready to rock when we pull up, so. Not to speak out of school, but I think Jeff and Ward abide by the same stress-relieving mechanism, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You All got right. one too. <laughs> All right. Before we hop in a time machine and get your story, uh, right. you, you were talking about you were just in Bloomington. You were in Bloomington for one of the great classic all time games. You were there for us beating. We call them turd do turd do. <laughs> and then you were also there for one of the worst games, the Michigan game. But talk to us about um being there, had, did you know Coach Woodson at all? Did you get a chance to meet him? Like, just tell us about your experience being back in Bloomington over the last couple of weeks. It, it was great. Not just interaction, but just the interaction they 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 they, uh, they had with my uh, with my with my with my boys. So I had both. I had Beef and Noah up there, the three year old monster and my eight year old. And you know, you know, they they up in a hotel. They're walking around. It's cold. So then you know. You know, mom wants to go shop, whatever, let her do that. So Tim, my train was like, Tim was like, just bring them to the practice gym so they can just run the energy out. So, you know, just the doors are were open. Oh, so awesome. It's just, you know, warm feeling. You know, I took a Noah with me to go to deliver some, you know, some little get barbecue get back to the coach staff, whatever. And uh, they would just took him and just talked to him and hung out with him. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they made an effort, you know, they made an effort. Not, not that Archie didn't, he did too. Um, but you can tell a difference with this year, man. It's like, it's kind of like a different, it's like, okay, we go in the right direction. It's not necessarily about Archie coaching. It's just the whole culture is a little bit different. Yes. yes. You know, yes. like people don't understand that part. I tell them, but I'm, it's a different feeling up here. So that's that, good. that was great. Oh, rushing the quarter in Purdue. I thought it was stupid. I was <laughs> it's a different era right now. It's a different it era. And I had, like, you know, I was talking to Dane. He was like, George, we're like recruiting against Villanova and Baylor now. I'm like, well, what's the hard part about that? I'm thinking like when I played, well, Villanova and Baylor won NCAA championships recently. So it's different. So I can't have that same arrogance as we had back in the day, getting guys who want to come in all the time. Like when when, when Dave was coaching and Matt was coaching, we had, you know, guys who who jumped college and went to the league come come on official visits. Right. You know, this is a weekly thing. And now it's like, so much more competition because you know we took, took a little bit of a back seat to other programs. So I have positive small, I have positive thoughts about everything, where it's going, positive projections, but you know, 
you know, we we gotta gotta recruit, you know, some bigs or if a center's a position anymore like I am, I doubt it, but you know, a point forward or something like that. So well, I you know, you you were there when we the students rushed the court after the Michigan State game. So it's not like that's a brand new phenomenon, but I do wonder compared to the games you were there for as a, a player, and I don't know what games you've been back for since, but do you remember assembly hall being any more electric or loud or fired up than it was for that Purdue game? Uh, we beat Illinois when they were number one. Yeah. Crazy. That crazy. That, you, you didn't just beat them. That was the game where you smoked them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. We did. It was, everything was just in sync that game. Um, that's the last time I remember it being in assembly hall like that. Mm. Mm. what is it like for you to be back at Indiana and run into a former teammate, the lunatic Dane Fife, who is now in a position of authority and an assistant coach at Indiana. How weird is that? You know, it's cool. Like, you know, you know, Dane was like my upperclassman when I, when I was a freshman, you know, that was a butthole to me, but I'm like, he's he's my asshole. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like, like, you know, and the Cubs said the same thing. It's Dane, but that's our Dane. Like, everybody know Dane like we do. Like, but when I was a red shirt, and I just found out I was going to get a red shirt, Dane let me borrow his car every time the team left. Nobody knows mm-hmm. that. He took care of me. Like, he he really took care of me. He he made sure I had everything I needed. And he was just sometimes you want to just choke him. But <laughs> he well. You know, he, he's a good very, – he's, 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 he's a very business mind when it comes to basketball. I, I love him being there. I hate, I hate, also, I hate Mike isn't there, but yeah, you know, I wish Mike and I wish they both of us still. I know I'm with you there. Uh, what, what was, did you know coach Woodson at all before he got the job at Indiana? Had you ever run into him at all? I have run, I, I ran, ran, ran to him once. Uh, it wasn't like we knew each other like that. Um, we, we, we were just both, both of my, my neighbor was, uh, the, um, the owner slash, uh, bar manager um, at a uh, Brazilian steak, steak, steakhouse called Shima in down, downtown Charlotte. And me and my wife were just out one night. We had a babysitter. And uh, we were out one night, went out there with one of our buddies and just have, you know, stood beside him in the bar, just chat, chit-chat. That's all. Last time we spoke. Wow. So, uh, and and did he embrace you when you were back and you you saw him this last yeah. trip? Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't remember me, but I mean, yeah, he was completely like, you know, very receptive of me. That's great. Very receptive. The I've big thing is the, oh, Sean ahead. Klein was at the game. Sean Klein was there. See him in seven seven years. Wow. Sitting right beside him, I'm like, what in the world? So, that's cool. Um, I have to ask this before we jump in the time machine. Was there a special satisfaction? I hope you got to watch it, but at least you know the result to see that we beat Maryland. <sighs> You know, <laughs> I know, I know the, the stakes weren't as high as they were the last time you played them, but I mean, yeah, you know, that Maryland thing, it's like, you want to be a national championship so bad. And like, like you, I, I was a role player, right? Right. I know that I practiced my ass off. I practiced, I, I, I went against the starters hard enough to where, you know, things just didn't happen the right way. And one doesn't get hot. You know, it's like one of the things where you wish you just had that ring. So, right. story for that. But, so, but wait, hold on. Oh, There's yeah. a story for that. Go ahead. So yeah. So um, I 
uh, get 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 together with a uh, with a uh, little little little, little uh, Scott Scotty Scott May Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because he he was freshman, I was a sophomore, uh, junior, whatever. So you know, I used to make him doing stuff. He's just a good guy, right? So I said, Scott, come out to dinner, whatever. He said, cool, I'll, I'll uh, invite inv- he'll invite his dad. I'm like, awesome, cool. Tell him, come on. Then he was like, I'm not going out to dinner. I'm like, oh. Wait, wait, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear it. It broke up. You said he so, said what? Uh, I, I invited Scott, uh, little Scott, made a dinner, and he was like, okay, cool. I invite my dad, and his dad was like, I'm not going out to dinner with any runner-ups. Oh. <laughs> oh. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I my kids the same way. <laughs> well, you should have said, well, if Sean had come to Bloomington instead of North Carolina, we wouldn't have been runner-ups. I would love to have Sean there, man. Sean, good guy too. I would love to have Sean there. Well, I, I'm I'm always rooting extra hard in games against Maryland because you know we all wanted that so badly for you guys that whenever we can kick them a little bit, whenever we can finally go to Maryland and meet them there, to me it's extra satisfying because of of what happened back in the day. Three. Yeah. All right. Let's hop in the time machine. Let's go back to Charlotte, North Carolina, when you're a little kid. Uh, I assume when you were born, you were about five foot two. I, I don't know how big of a baby you were, but it seems like that's how it works. Uh, where and how did the game of basketball find you? Oh, my mom's a hooper. She, uh, she averaged 30 points in high school. Like, wow. it's, no, no, it's, it was half court. She got, she got to get about this all the time. <laughs> uh, half court. She don't get to count. Okay. All right. She got me into basketball. Even when I didn't want to play basketball, I was good at baseball. And, uh, she she made me play basketball, and I just ten grade. I was like, I'm just gonna do one sport. My her, my high school coach, and my eighty the baseball coach had this thing where they cut me. They literally cut me from the baseball team. I'm like, I'm pretty good. What are you, what's going on here? I found out, you know, later that you know they they had me on the right path. But my mom is like just watches basketball to this day. She watches it all. Games, watches all Indiana games, all Carolina games, all Duke games. Like she just basketball. That's what she does. Wow. So just on that story. So your mom conspired with the coaches to cut you so that you would be a one sport kid. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And how tall were you in tenth grade, freshman year, sophomore year? How tall were you? Uh, say six nine. Six yeah, nine. Hundred sixty five pounds. Yeah. Hundred sixty five pounds. <laughs> There was I'm, no. I'm, I'm imagining you like in, in your baseball career in your mind. Are you thinking you're a Randy Johnson? Are you pitching? Because first base, first base, first all base. right, first base, big. You know, long stretch, long stretch. Yeah. Real big first strike base. zone, though. Real big strike zone. I made contact, so <laughs> I believe did, that the hand eye. So did did you love baseball more than you loved basketball initially? Yes. Really? And who were your baseball idols growing up? Because you grew oh. up in Charlotte. That's not a baseball nah, mecca. We got minor league. Uh, I like Ken Griffey growing up. Mm. Sure. Uh, Lofton. Um, who else? Uh, and who was your team? Back in the day, I liked, liked the Braves and the Mariners. Okay. But, but you, didn't, you didn't really like the Mariners. You liked Ken Griffey Jr. I like Ken that Griffey. I like shoes. <laughs> right? Like, that's it. It's just yeah. you wanted Ken Griffey. I mean, that yeah. guy. It is hard to explain because baseball just doesn't hold the same place in people's 
uh, the, the popular the, consciousness, but it the, is hard to explain how important Ken Griffey was to like the culture. I mean, yes. he was the Michael Jordan of baseball. Yeah. He was just a, and he was, he, before he started getting injured, he was just remarkable. I mean, he's oh, just yeah. the best. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I kind of did. He didn't do as much as Tiger did for golf, for getting the culture back involved with it, but it's he true. was a, key factor so yeah. i still i still have my 1989 upper deck ken griffey jr rookie card i have a ted williams rookie card what yeah i'm that guy i have a bunch of stuff like that yeah, yeah. ted, ted what's that worth a few thousand dollars uh i checked it a couple years ago um it's cleaning out some stuff uh for my dad and it was i think like right at like 18 i think 1800 and and how did you come upon a Ted Williams? That's not one you trade with your friends. My dad, my your dad, dad? I have a first edition Wolverine. I, all, all kind of stuff. Just my dad. My 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 dad got he look. I all my geekiness for my dad. Are you so, are you a self professed nerd? Yeah. Oh wait, you broke up right on the answer there. You broke up. So let's do yeah. that again. Are 100%, you one hundred percent? One hundred percent nerd. Yeah. So have have you and you talked about your son earlier that you have a love of Formula One together. What about like MCU? Because that's what me and my kids have. We're we're yeah. in the MCU so, all the time. Um, he's kind of into the MCU. He's really focused on this whole like Formula One thing right now. Our first love is Star Wars together. That was his oh. first thing. It's his first movie ever watched through you know start to finish as a three year old. Great. So he knows everything Great Star Wars. Loves it. Um, we actually collect the Star Wars Legos, and uh, we 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 have a collect. That's that's our collectors we do together. Um, baby, the baby hates everything. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna have with him. He's a, oh, wait. Well, I know it's 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 a little step outside what we do, but we got to do it. Rank the nine Star Wars movies. Oh, and I'm God. not. I'm Wait, not you counting include Rogue, Rogue One. One. You got to no. include Rogue One. No. Yes, yeah, just to... the nine in the storyline for now. And Rogue then we'll at talk the beginning about of the storyline. Let's do Rogue One's we'll beginning. I would even skip. Like, uh, you, you need a new hope for backstory, but you don't need a new hope to put in there, and you don't need Episode One either. Episode One, the whole that was just, you know, you can get me nerd now, but like the whole Pirates is fun. Part. You know the yeah. the, the, the the fight with the, the Jedi and the, um with the Darth Maul. Darth Maul and all those guys was great, but I'm like the whole George R. Bean thing was just. It's rough. It's not good. It's rough. rough. It's a rough movie. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Sure. Uh, Revenge of the Sith is my second favorite. Mm. Whoa. Interesting. Gold. Um, the last three, men. I don't know if I would even put them in the Star Wars universe. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't know. It's just a doing something up with the miniseries on Disney. It's like those movies, if you took it and broke it apart and did what they're doing now, it'll be a little bit more relevancy in the timeline. I just don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. I don't get the character development. I don't get the that's just me. I I'm, love this. I'm, I'm, You're I'm the looking. you are quite possibly the biggest nerd in the world. Like physically you know largest. You know yes. worse? Jeff is worse to me. No, but you're bigger than Jeff. So that I, makes you the biggest nerd in the world. <laughs> That's I, a dude. I, I would own that. That is awesome. I'll take it. Hey, I'll take it. 
All right. Well, okay. So I, I obviously growing up as a kid, you were really into baseball and basketball, but you were also really into star Wars and, and science fiction and fantasy. And what about music? What kind of music you like then and now? I've got two older sisters, so I know every single Prince song uh, <laughs> by default, every single Sade song. Like, I knew whenever they were happy with the guy or mad with a dude, <laughs> two older sisters in the house. I was like, can y'all put some rap? Like, so, so. But music wise, I grew up with like a bunch of old school stuff. My uh, my dad and mom played a lot of Al Green, a lot of stylistics, um, stuff like that. Um, I'm a big guy, you know. Wait, a big what? Bill Weathers. Oh, yeah, sure. That's um, isn't that I can see clearly now? No, ain't no sunshine. Ain't no sunshine. Sorry. Who's 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 uh, I can see clearly now? Jimmy Cliff. Jimmy Cliff. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That's good, too. But yeah, I mean, that's, you know, two of the sisters in the house, they kind of dictate all the music all the time. So sure. But did uh, they make you play Barbies and stuff? Did you have to like? No, re- like, no they, <laughs> they, they, they were grown. So it's in a. Uh, it's a 10-year difference between my uh, my youngest, well, my oldest sister is 12 years older than me, and before that, I was 11 years older than me. That was a mistake. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a mistake, baby. <laughs> yeah, that was a mistake. That's a whoops. A big mistake. Big whoops. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of music, like when you're when you're smoking meat, or I don't know if you have any music around the truck, what what do you listen to these days? Uh, I'll go uh, Spotify, and I'll put on like a... Uh, like an old school type stuff, like those like uh, stylistics. Um, Earth, know, wind, and fire. You get into any of that? Fire. Um, or I'll go new new school with like just Drake, Kanye. I love, love those guys. Uh, you know what's great me. for his the old is, school to combine? Yay! Yay! His name is Yay now. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Come on, let's yeah. let's give him the respect he deserves. I will. I will. Yeah. Uh, those Guardians of the Galaxy soundtracks are great. You can tie great. into your inner nerd along with the old school like '70s sounds. It's the best blend. They're awesome. They're awesome. They did, they did a good job with that. They did. They did. Uh, all right. So you're six nine. You're now focused on basketball, and clearly your basketball career at Olympic High School is taking off, and you're a stand up. By the way a lot of good division one talent has come out of Olympic high school, right? Like there's a long history of great talent. Mm-hmm. Um, when did the game change for you from like, I'm just playing it to, Oh no, this is going to be how I go to school. And, and, and this is like going to be my life from now on. Do you remember like a, a year or a moment where that came clear to you? Uh, I don't think my, if I'm being honest, I don't think my maturity level was there to realize what was going on. I was growing. It was, went from like, you know, some games to preseason to season to our games being played in the Charlotte Coliseum because we can't hold enough people. And I'm like, what? you know, it's just, wow. It was so fast. Um, I felt like, I, I felt like I knew I was good whenever, um, I remember sit, sitting in the, um, in class and, uh, I had just got the national blocking record and they announced it over the PA. And I'm sitting there, <laughs> oh shit, you know? Like, you know? And like everybody, you know, at school it wasn't like that. Nobody hyped my head up. We had a like, like I said, I was a geeky kid, you know? Like I wasn't like this arrogant, you know, you know, like, like that, but it started set in like, you know, like this, this is what I'm gonna probably be doing. Like, I, and I, I loved it. I loved it more when I got to Indiana. Um, 
it was tough leaving all my friends and everything. I left. I, I had to leave. I had to go far away because I was really close with all my friends. And for me to focus on what I had to do, I, I went all the way up north. So, oh, and was, was that was that a driving reason why you left Charlotte, the Charlotte area? Was to you, 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 or your parents thought like you need to get away and become a, a man away from your friends? Yes, I mean my 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 dad strict mil- like he's like retired military. You know, he 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 was in, he retired military and he drove city bus for twenty five years. So he was very strict and set. Great dad, we were wrong. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it was just for me to become my own person. I felt as though I needed to go away to school. And when I when I came on my official visit, you know, it just felt like home. Just felt like I'm supposed to be here. Mm. Amazing visit. Can't tell you everything. You know, no, you're going to tell us some of it, though. You're going to tell us some. <laughs> but hold on. But hold on. Let's let's back up. Ward, you want to get into just how that process started? Let Please, because, you know, you could, you could touch on recruiting in general and what what you thought of that whole process. But please tell us how Coach Knight came into your life. And, and, and directly, we'd love to know the first time you remember interacting with Coach Knight. So so I, I was being recruited by um, – uh, Kentucky, Maryland, uh, and Indiana, right? So all three good coaches, Tubby, Gary Williams, Coach Knight, all high intense, you know, they mean business. These are solid men who is going to be somewhat like my dad, militant, you know, no nonsense kind of guys. I like I, I, I like that situation, right? Mm-hmm. So Kentucky has signed a big guy, so I'm like, okay, you know, that you know, I don't want to go anywhere where I have to sit there and just, you know, I wanted to play. I wanted to be a part of the team. Um, the Maryland visit I did first, I think Indiana was my last visit and I'm glad it was. If I would have went to Indiana first, I would have not even went anywhere else. <laughs> so, Maryland visit was cool. We went out, all the guys were nice. Um, just, just didn't, just didn't have a feel, the connection. You know, I went to Indiana, man. It was just, you know, we had, it was me and Jeff together, which I was yes. by myself in Maryland, which is fine. But it was me and Newt. I'm like, hey, I know you. And he's like, I know you. And like, we, we have played each other since we were 12 years old, Atlanta Celtics and Charlotte Royals. I'm like, or Nets or whatever. And it was like, you know, we've intermingled these AAU teams way back when, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just remember him seeing him. He had a big afro. <laughs> so, you know, me and him went to visit together. And it was like, you know, a dude from the heart of Atlanta, you know, and then me, you know, Charlotte's one of these little country chic towns. It's not all this hip hop stuff we see now. It ain't been like that, you know? <laughs> Like we fish out here, you know, That's right. <laughs> you know, so he and I hit it off and then, you know, he signed like five minutes before I did because I was number 50 in high school too. So of course he got to know him first. So that's why I got number five. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having AJ take us out and uh, uh, Luke Wrecker, crazy self. Wow. Um, you know, all those guys, it wasn't, you, you could tell it's a different, it's a different arrogance to any of the basketball players. If you, especially if you're from Indiana, like, it is different up here, up there, man. It's like that state lives or dies in a basketball, but there's a balance. Like Purdue's doing great right now. It's all great. State is great. But if Indiana is doing great, it's a different vibe. It's a yes. completely different vibe. And like people don't understand that. I, I come from Carolina Duke territory. So, you know, I, I wanted to go to, you know, to Carolina or Duke first. And then, you know, Co- Coach Knight comes to my house and my, my mom put on a spread for everybody. Right? 
and we're sitting down at the dinner table, whatever. And me, my high school coach, my mom, my dad, and you know, like I said, my dad's retired on me. I mean, paratrooper, you can't say nothing to him that he never knew. He was dragged, you know, like he's been in a war. He was mm-hmm. like, oh, why you throw that, 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 that chair across the court to that guy? I'm like, <laughs> and my, my high school coach is looking at me like, we just look at you, we're like, we're not gonna look at coach or look at my dad. And I can't. I think Coach and I was like, oh, he was just trying to slide my chair. I was like, oh, thank God. I was like, Dad, you can't ask. I'll get no damn back. Like, it's just Coach. That's how my dad is. He's just the way he does. It was funny. But, I mean, he came outside. We, uh, I remember we had a nice pair of Stacey Adams, Slacks, Indiana uh, uh, Polo with a vest. And uh, we, we went out. I have a dirt court in my house, a little half court dirt, dirt court in the backyard. Went out there and played a shot, free throws, and everything. Mm. He you went know, out and shot free guy, throws with you? Yeah. The guy of that stature, he came to my high school basketball games. First, uh, Pat started showing up. Uh, Pat Knight was showing up first. And then, and then Coach, Coach Davis came out a couple times, too, when he was uh, recruiting. Um, and then Coach Knight came, came up a couple games. And it was, you know, to see him come like that, you know, not that he didn't, but they, they always stayed current. They always kept showing up, letters come in, you know, stuff like that, so – Many of the people that we've talked to who are recruited by coach have told us that both physically and um, figuratively, he was just a large man that, and now granted you're close to seven feet, so there's nobody bigger than you, but, but that coach just had this very large presence. Did you feel that when he came into the high school or your house? Yes, and I'll tell you how much of it you feel because at that event I had with y'all, I had to walk away a little bit. I think came on stage just, you know what I'm saying? It's like when you see a person, people don't understand a person of that stature, like that has an impression on men, on young men that can be as tough as nails on you and you want to literally not die, but like fight for whatever for this man. It's like just of his presence is he, he he's what six five but i swear he's seven two right right you know he's what 250 but i swear he's 300 it's like he can scare any grown man it's just <laughs> he's just and it's not an intimidating it's intimidating but it's not an intimidating like a negative way it's like a it's like a positive force that you just want to be a part of man it's it's funny i remember talking to you at the event when coach showed up and you got, you, you were like, I could see it. It was an emotional moment for you yeah. to just be back with him and see him in that, in that space. And obviously the influence that he had on you, even, yeah. even in the short time you were with him, that, that stuff sticks. Right. I mean, it's like, like my, my whole, my whole career in Japan, like they, they took, took a chance. I mean, yeah, I didn't play a game for him, but I was one of his guys that he recruited. And the whole time I was in Japan, they, they, they would choose a guy who's been coached by him over any other guy. Wow. Just because they know we're going to show up on time. We're going to be military what we do. We're going to work hard. We're going to try to give you our best. We're going to try to win games. And just to have him have that name behind your back the entire course of your professional career, you're literally on your own. You know, it's just – it was tough to see him. He old man. I get, you know, that's life. You, you get older. We're going to all be the same way too. You know, Ward and Jeff before me and you. But 
I don't know, man. Yeah. We're, we're the way yeah. we're relaxed. No, they're gonna outlive us. Watch. They're gonna outlive both of us. Watch. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. I mean, first of all, Jeff Newton is gonna live to 140. I mean, that guy's got no. They say stress kills you and takes off years. That dude's got no stress. Jeff has a head full of. I'm like, how? how do you have <laughs> right here? It bothers me. Well, I'll tell you I'm how Ward a, I'm has seeing, a head. I'm seeing a trend here, guys. Yeah, let me tell you something. Every you car something. he wants, I swear, I'll buy a car from you right now. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Every advancement in biotech that has existed for pharmaceutical responses to hair loss, Ward has tried and uses. Just in the last couple of years, though. Just it It's a recent development. <laughs> but it's working. It was great. It was great. I gave um, up. So, so do you remember the moment you committed to Coach Knight in Indiana? Do, you, do was that a phone conversation? Can you take us yeah. into that moment? Yeah, it, I remember my coaches over there, and uh, you know, I just weighed my options, and I was like, I just, I knew where I was going. I knew where I was going. I'm like, I, I want to go to Indiana. It just feels like home. So it was. It didn't take after I got my visa, I was ready to commit. Wow. By the way, you mentioned the the different arrogance of Indiana players that are from Indiana. There's a guy who is a close friend of ours and the show that was on the team when you joined up, and that was one Michael Lewis from Jasper, Indiana. <laughs> the most the most arrogant guy from Indiana. That was my first ice bucket. <laughs> Wait, first tell what? what's the ice oh. bucket? You know, I, I had a good workout, you know, it was my first practice. You know, I'm okay, cool. You know, me and Jeff and some other, 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 uh, two other, it was Larry Richardson and, uh, I think Lynn Washington. Me and Jeff was like, we need to go. The goggles. Good. Lynn Washington right. with the goggles. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, um, and then the second four was going in. Mike, Cove, rest of the guards, whatever, right? And then I get a shot. You know, it's different back in the day. Like, you get like, everybody know what you got, you know what everybody else got, right? So, in the locker room. So I, I get in the locker room, shower, whatever. This next, next thing I know, I get a bucket of ice water thrown on me. Welcome to Indiana Fresh. I'm like, you know what, man? <laughs> he me every day. I, I love him now. You know, yeah. I, I see what he did now. Like, I, I, I'll hug him now. I might squeeze a little tight, but I'll hug him now. Most <laughs> honorary son of a – I mean, he just – Mike Lewis, man, just he is. He is yeah. an honorary son of a bitch. That's yes. what he is. I tell he him is. sometimes we'll talk and I go, I'm not talking to you anymore because this is this is moody, negative. Oh. Lewis. I don't want oh. that, Lewis. Yes. Give me a happy Lewis. Yeah. Like, go buy me a, you know, a six pack of beer, Lewis. No, <laughs> I can't go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> but he would he, he would torment you, you know, during practice. Then he'd, then he'd take you out afterwards, though. So. Like that. Uh, so you obviously end up getting redshirted. And this mm -hmm. is after, you know, breaking the block record in high school. And, you know, you go from being a star to now this team, you're like, well, I want to go here and be a part of it. And you're basically told, well, this year you won't really be a part of it. Yeah. How did you wrap your mind around that? How did you deal with that? I, I was at, at Cubs house. Uh, we, we, we were doing uh, camps. Uh, Tim Tim Knight camps. Yeah, we were we were at Cubs house when I, I remember his uh, his sister in law Yvette. Some, somehow they had called whoever and they got a hold of me through her and um, they're like, "Yeah, you're not eligible this year for a season." I'm like, "What?" Because I, I had took the, the SAT my tenth grade year and not taken it again, thinking I had passed. So apparently my my um, 
whoever reported who sent it all my stuff way back then sent it in wrong. Uh, so had I would have known that I didn't pass it in the 10th grade, I mean, you have it's so many more time to take it. You know, even if I had right. to take it off, get a tutor for a year and then take it, I still have two more years of high school to get it done. So we um, we we went for a, um, a lawsuit. I uh, had a Tim Oliphant uh, represent me. Huh. Um, it gained my extra year of eligibility. So oh really? Because because when you're academically ineligible, that's not a red shirt. Not, year, no, right? Not a red, oh, so that's how you got your extra year. You won yeah. that lawsuit. Huh. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Mind you, I, I feel so sorry, but that my guidance counselor, I don't think she worked in the state of North Carolina ever again. I don't mm, know what wow. happened, but it was one of those things where she, this, it could have been caught three years ago before he even got to Indiana. So now you have not necessarily a hype, but you have a hype behind you. It's like, you know, your mental fortitude as an 18 year old when that happens, like, you know, first one to kind of shy away from like and it sounds very insensitive but like you know the the mental the mental weakness in people you know yeah. I'm one of those I'm coach night guy you know and I had my days for you we all know what that was about so it's like my mental fortitude is pretty solid so it's like that was my first time like looking down on myself mm. because I didn't understand it I didn't know why this it was happening so fast I can't play, you know, I have to sit out now. Another coach night story that picked my 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 whole my whole being up. He worked me out every single day. My red shirt year. Him wait, Coach Knight personally? Either Coach Knight personally or Coach Traylor or Coach Davis. Every single day I had a, a workout during the day with one of them. Most of the time was Coach Knight. And he, he was like, I'm like, I can't throw a hookshot on the gun machine. You could throw a freaking hookshot on the gun machine. I'm like, okay. And I can throw a hookshot on the gun machine. So it, it was, everything happens for a reason. Mm. You know, where I'm at in my life now, where what it took to get there, I, I like where I, I appreciate what happened to where I'm at now. Sure. No. Do you, did you have any sense, you talk about like you're an 18 year old kid, your maturity level wasn't nearly where, you know, you would want it to be, but you're 18. Did you have any sense of how special it was that you were getting to spend that kind of one-on-one time with the greatest mind and maybe leader in the history of basketball? Did you have any appreciation for it at that point? No, if I'm being honest. Yeah. No, you know, I'm like trying to get the workout over or trying to prove it wrong about this hook shot on this gun, you know. <laughs> Tired, you know, no, I mean, and, and if an agent said yes, they, they're lying. I, nobody's going to say yes to that. Like, no, I did not know. I knew he was special, but I felt all my coaches were like that. All my coaches were very hands on like that. So, no, I hate that I didn't. But, 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 but you look back on it, you realize, holy I do. hell. All, all, all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, are there, specific things you remember besides the do the hill hook shot thing was there any like moments with coach Knight that you look back on pieces of advice or or things that he got into you for that that stuck with you i just remember him calming me down about not being able to play um I'm, a lot of talks for like even, even coach davis too um and uh coach trailer like a lot of like positive talks um uh, he was like, this is, you know, don't, don't look at this as a setback. Like you got your extra year, 
you you got more time to develop, get better. He sent me on the uh, the Big Ten tour thing. Right. You know, that, that was a very that was a growing experience right there in itself. Um, you know, there were a lot of pluses that came a big cloud of negativity when that happened. You know, and it made me like I was a dumb kid. It was like I had a four point three in high school. Like, just am I the best test taker? No. At the same time, could I have been prepared for that test better? Of course. And you know that you know mentally that messes with you. You know, it's like you know, oh, you didn't pass the T. Well, I took it in my tenth grade, so you know they they kind of got my confidence back back up after all that happened. That's and great. then and then in that now maybe there is there is more time um, to acclimate to to college, the academics. Yeah, I mean, the, the the campus life, you know, what what, what were you you starting to enjoy being a student at Indiana University? <laughs> yes, but <laughs> <laughs> y'all can't be asking me that kind of stuff on a podcast. <laughs> no. Yeah, we can. Yeah, That's yeah, what this podcast yeah. is. Man, look, hey, thank God we had no social media back then. Well, these guys look. I'm like, I don't see how. Like college, when we went to college, we had to be in college. You mm-hmm. know. Yep. There's no judgment. You're doing whatever you want to. You're being kids, being just dumb boys. You know, you know, that's, that's what you're being. Girls being dumb too. It's just, you get the experience that you got to learn your limits, you know, and hell, I'm in bed by nine every night now. So I learned my limits. <laughs> you lived it all there. All right. So you're finishing this really difficult year where you're, you know, obviously down on yourself a little bit and you have to work through that. You see your team out there competing. And at the same time, there's a whole shit ton of controversy going on behind the scenes about this tape and Neil Reed and what's going to go on with Coach Knight and the president of the university, Miles Brand. And ultimately, you get ready for your, you're getting ready for your first year to play. And by the way, high hopes for this team because... You and Newt, Haston, Jared Jeffries is coming to town. AJ Moy. I mean, you guys are stacked, it seems. And they fire Coach Knight. Mm -hmm. What do you remember about uh, the days surrounding that and and the moment where it happened and and your reaction to it personally? So leading up to it, right, uh, summertime. You know, AJ comes up early. Everybody comes up a little early, as always, when you when you sign school, whatever. I can't tell you how crazy these open gyms were. Can't tell you how crazy they were. We we even had guys coming. Eric Barkley coming down. We had AJ coming back a little bit. Guyton coming back. Uh, we had Jamison Clemson coming up. We had just big big guys, and it, it was, you know, this is going to get off track a little bit, but. People don't understand how special Jared Jeffries was. Hmm. Like, as a guy who had to guard him every day, you know, and I learned a lot from JJ. JJ is the heaviest, boniest, fastest <laughs> big guy you would – the amount of talent you see in that dude, and it's like, this dude is really good. It's like, you know, I'm a big guy. I only know what a traditional big is, right? So I'm just thinking about – the, the open gyms, right? Yeah. And I know Coach Knight and all the coaches are like, man, we got a squad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it is like we're literally fighting in open gyms, like getting after it. And that, that there's no crying now. There's, there's no underclassmen, underclassmen trying to get at the un, upperclassmen, upperclassmen trying to get the underclassmen. There's there's no time for you call a file. Okay. 
<laughs> Mr. Strange, okay, you know, that boy is older every day. Older, his strong country self is just, <laughs> you don't know, man, like, Odo is super strong. Yeah. You know, you got, you know, Boss came in, he became the new Odo, better shot, though. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I could see them looking down at this team and being just, not necessarily looking at Chops like, who the hell is going to start? Who the hell is going to come off the bench? Well, we're going to just intermingle mixed lineups here and there. Like, what, what are we going to do? We got Kirk that's shooting threes. We got JJ, who you're going to have to start on. We got George. We got Jeff. How many blocks are we going to do? Stuff like that, right? And then all this happens. I'm mm-hmm. sitting here like, I mean, you already knew they already had stuff going on between Miles Brown and all that kind of crap. You know, he was bigger than the school. Yeah, you know, like some people can't handle somebody being bigger than themselves, and it's like this guy clearly had a power issue himself. And I don't hate to talk bad about him right now, but it was like no, it's no, true. It go right ahead. Like, think about it as a business, right? If you think about the amount of money that comes through Indiana University, how many years did Coach Coach there? How much of that revenue was pumped into that university because of them? A winning, selling tickets, selling concessions, selling apparel. Parking, parking alone, all the money they charge for this stuff, hotel be, being full of restaurants, that whole economy was stimulated because of this team that this man and his staff assembled. So if you think about the business aspect of that, what's the lesser of two evils if you're the president of the school? Right. Am I just going to, mind you, he gave Coach Davis his first shot, which everybody should get their shot. You know, that was great. He got his shot, you know? But at the same time, I'm like, if you think about, I think about my my profits and losses every day now. And I'm sitting here like, if I got a cash cow, <laughs> I have to get, like, damn, like pork costs like three times, and I gotta have it. <laughs> if I don't have it, you don't have pork today. You a barbecue truck? Like, how do you not have pork? You know, it's that kind of thing. Like, what was the point of that? Yeah. Ego. Was, Ego. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, you just killed this entire university. When you have a mass exodus of people not going to class, you about to have your entire team transfer. When you're burned in effigy, like, oh, no I just good. don't. That I, was one of the worst days, man. That was one of the worst days. I remember us being out there and just we were like, screw, let's go out with students. Let's just be with. Them. Let's just, you know, they, you know, we want to, we, we all feel the same thing. Let's just go be with the students. So we all went assembly out in the parking lot with everybody, just intermingle with them. Was there anybody on the team who was like a leader at that time, kind of rallying everyone together to be like, this is what we got to do together. We got to stay together. Um, everybody was on the same page. Was it? okay. Yeah, everybody on the same page. Um, there was always communication from like, you know, Dane, uh, who else? All the other guys were very, you know, they, they, they were very proactive about everything. You know, nobody did anything out of line or I said anything, got any crazy interviews, whatever. You know, so I stay everything. Uh, Tim, Tim Garl was a big part in that. Right. You know, stay ass out of the media. You know, Tim's very, <laughs> he's very, you know. Not Tim I know Tim won't come on our podcast because he hates the no, media. No, you know how Tim is. You know, yeah. he, you know he, he's a father. He's a father for all of us. And he wants his boys to stay out of harm. So, mm. You know, we had to kind of stay away from all that stuff. It was quiet for a while after that, too. It was very quiet. I, I want to ask before we, we move on to then that season, when we had Kirk Haston on the show, he talked about 
if, if I'm remembering this word, correct me if you remember it better. But well, he you, said, you, you know, my habits, my memory is. not Oh, great. that's true. You don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember Sunday. I don't um, remember this conversation up to this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eric, by the way, like you just have to constantly remind Ward your name or, you know, the, and, and you're our you're me and George's guest on this show. Right? <laughs> yeah, I played in the 90s. I was going to scream like you screamed just now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was checking the names. <laughs> um, Haston mentioned that when you did have um, you didn't have full practices with coach at that point, but you had workouts with coach where he could get people together. The coach was toying with like some kind of zone or press where it was like you and Haston and Jared and, and Newton coming in, the three of you playing together in some kind of half-court press four. with you. All four All of four? Four of us who want to play on the same, at the same time. And you were, like, at the top of the zone or something like that? Uh, I, Yeah. So, I think Jeff at the top, I was in the back. Okay. Kirk and Jared, you were on the wings. No. No, Kirk's twice was in the back. I was at the top. Jared and Newt was on the side. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. insane. It was it – was, it was crazy. We, we got in practice. I know what Kirk's talking about, man. We got in practice. I look at Kirk like, what the hell? <laughs> where, where are you going? <laughs> he looked at me like, you're going there. <laughs> but we just all his arms just straight. <laughs> I mean, you're like reaching was, into the 14th row at oh that point. It, it, you know, even that was going to be a crazy year, man. Ah, oh, that was going to be crazier. And when he was playing around with this zone, he was mixing everybody around. Remember, he kept putting Kirk in the back. But he kept, you know, JJ, Newt, or George, or George, Newt, or JJ. And it was like, Jesus Christ. We didn't know what was going on until at the practice while they were like, what was that? You know, and then Kirk, like, they're going to go zone sometimes. And I'm like, you know, now, mind you, you get to a zone. We are, it's different now. Well, when I hit zone or whatever, now, I can guard him. You know, it's a different mindset. Now, zone's a yeah. strategy. I get it. But we 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 were ever told zone in college. We were like, man, taking offense to that. You gonna go zone? Why I can't guard him? Who who can't guard who? Huh? It's different mindset. That was right. scary. That was gonna be scary. God, it's so. All right, so so coaches let go in September. Uh, we've heard the story many times that you know it was kind of offered to Traylor and Davis as co-coaches, and Traylor, in in one of the classiest moves of all time takes a back seat and says, no, it's got to be you, Mike. Uh, yeah. And Coach Davis has talked to us about that. So this is not mm -hmm. like us. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. What do you that, remember that, about that moment? And, and Mike taking um, I remember uh, those two talking about it, like pretty, pretty clearly in front of all of us too. Um, and like you said, the class that, not that Coach Davis didn't have any class about no, it. Of course, but, of course. You know, um, Coach Trailer was just like, it seemed to me in my mind, I could be wrong, like, this isn't my time to get a head coach. Like I'm going to be hired into one. Not that it was a bad thing that coach Davis took the job. You mean, got to take it. Why not? But coach trailer didn't, it was a very classy move, you know? Yeah. It was just telling the, <laughs> the Lord, John Trailer is real. I'm telling you, man, it is. He's a classy guy. He's a, he's a really classy guy. He's one of the main reasons I stayed mm. like, he kept my mind focused. He was hard on me, but he was also compassionate too. So it's hard, you know, a lot of men aren't compassionate, right. especially when they're trying to 
teach or raise other young men. You know, he, he had both of that, you know, so. Wow. So now it's time to play basketball for Indiana University. Mm-hmm. At long last, it's not how you imagined it. And mm-hmm. the guy in charge on the sideline is certainly different than the one you'd signed up for. Yeah. But, you know, and, and look, it wasn't like a, a particularly great start. There was losses to Temple, Texas, Indiana State pretty early out of the gate. But mm-hmm. were, was there a moment where you're like in Assembly Hall playing in front of the crowd and like you can finally be like, I'm I'm playing for Indiana University. I'm a Hoosier. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember that happening? Um, I remember like completely different change when Davis got a job, right? So we started getting, we had a playbook with Knight, but I mean we did two and four, four and five and five. It was a lot of more reading reaction type stuff. Coach Davis kind of playbook, right? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> I could not get any of these plays right. There's like over a hundred plays, right? Oh my God. It was so many. I'm like, okay, let me just figure this out. And I remember, gosh, I forgot what game it was. Uh, I have to take, I didn't go through my games. I remember, I remember getting, getting a, a couple block shots and it was either like, uh, I think it was Hornsby or me, Hornsby, Jeff. I think JJ in the game. I forgot what game it was. But I, I was just getting it going. You know, I was getting it going. You know, college for me, it was a little, it was a little hurt jerky. Pull him out, put him, pull him out, put him, put him out, put him out. You know, I never really got just so I said, I got overseas. It was like, you know, you just playing the whole game. You know, high state American over here, you're playing. It's different. Right. Yeah, you, know, you know, I, I played a lot as a senior, you know, but it and a lot before I rolled my ankle the year we almost won it. Right. A lot that year. Um, that year especially was when I felt like I was coming into my own. So I don't have a specific game. That it's just that whole time period. That time. It wasn't like I played all the game, you know, in and out. So when I, I think I mentioned this to you in one of our conversations off the pod, but when we had Coach Davis on, he talked about how one of his great regrets at Indiana was how he coached you specifically. And he said that he you know, he made you play a traditional big man. And that you were back to the basket, you know, dump it in. And like, that's the role. But he, Mike Davis, who, you know, now has the, the, the benefit of 20 years of hindsight. He's mm-hmm. like, George was this crazy athletic big that we should have been running pick and roll alley-oops to the way that the NBA has so popularized. And he's like, and I just didn't do it. And, and he regrets it. He's like, we would have used him so differently if I had the knowledge that I had now. Do you remember at all being frustrated by your role or you seem to be such a good team dude that I can't imagine you ever causing problems, but were you frustrated at all in your first few years at Indiana? I mean, I was torn inside. I mean, I was, nobody ever knew it, Jeff, you know, Cub, but I mean, I'm never going to let my, I'm not bigger than the team. You know, I learned that being at Indiana, not in Charlotte. Mm. I learned that being at Indiana, you know, like this, this city, this state lives or dies by this team. And for me, it's arrogant now, but it seems like the world is right with Indiana women. It's me. But I mean, you know, yeah, that, like, that's fact. Like, that is fact. Yeah. I, I feel that way. Um, you know, yes. Is he right about the whole high pick and roll? I was a good screener. Um, 
you know, was I the best guy who remember plays? No, absolutely not. I'm I can I know that. Simplified more of an NBA game, screen and roll, high pick and roll, or screen re-screen, whatever to get that guy a shot, whatever needs to be done, I can do it. Um do I think I was utilized correctly? No. But do I think I had some, some my own my own doubts and my own mistakes in practice? Sure. I know I can't I know I I never they never knew how I felt. They never knew I was frustrated. They never knew I didn't show anything. Right. Came in, job done, did extra. Um, you know, I yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. tough. I mean, that's tough. And you're a kid. I mean, and you're still a kid. I still feel it. I still feel it. I'm not no regrets or no like, oh, if this would happen, I would have been here. No, I'm I'm good. I do everything I want to do in my life right now. My kids good, my wife happy, mm-hmm. dog happy, you know. But that basketball part of it is like I'm very competitive. And it's like I just watch all this how basketball screen roll, screen roll, screen roll, screen roll. I'm like, what our shooters? Scott, you got me, Jared, Coverdale, you got Hornsby. Dane cannot shoot. We're not gonna put that <laughs> one year. Yeah, one year. You might, you might as well have Dane be a big and scream. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I mean, I, I felt like I was used wrong, but at the same time, were they thinking that they were doing the best of the sure they were? I mean, we got we went we finished runner up, you right? Know, we got a big championship, so I can't put myself above Indiana basketball or myself above the situation, you know what I'm saying? Sure. I still had a you time in college, you know. You say you learned that at IU, but I have to imagine some of that goes back to your background with your father, too, of like the, the military. And there's the discipline of that. But there's also saying you're you're serving something bigger and greater than yourself, which Coach Knight also very much bought into with his background from West Point. Yeah, my my uh, dad, like, I mean. You know, going to the war like that, that like, he tested out, he didn't, he didn't get drafted, he uh, tested out, so. Wow. He's smart, very, very smart. So kind of backfired on him because they went they took him in and made, made him a reconnaissance. <laughs> oh wow. So, kidding. You know, his situation, like you got a guy going to the military, no disrespect to the military at all right now. But like my dad said, it was like, you have to go fight for your country, literally. In a war you have no reason being in, have to let let him tell it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like I have to put myself on the line. I cannot, guys. I don't feel like it today. And then he gets, you know, some guy gets picked off or shot. Whatever. He he got shot. Uh, a guy was in the foxhole, came up, shot him right right in his lung twice. So it's like if he can go out for something that he knows nothing about, especially how black people and how the whole culture was back in the day, you can go out and literally lay your life on the line. I'm gonna say something about not getting plays for me, or you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. come on. Let me put things in perspective. He does, but not many kids, George, with your kind of talent. And again, this speaks to your parents. I mean, it just does. That not many have the humility to even realize that. Like that is that's a pretty useful thing to have at that age. I mean, I know when I was 18 and 19, nobody could tell me fuck all. It was like, no. you know, you know, I mean, but but you seem to have a um I know you said your maturity wasn't there, but it does seem like you had grounding. And we know that Coach Knight recruited people from good families. That's what he liked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clearly, your parents had instilled some real life lessons in you early. Yeah, my my dad is still mad, mad about the whole 
the way Coach Davis handles some stuff. And it's like, for me, what's in the past, in the past, you know, am I going to be like, you know, hunky-dory, smoke a cigar and burn with you? Probably not. I'm going to say my good stuff with my friends. <laughs> um, just, you know, I don't want to give anybody the satisfaction of of what they could have did for my life. Right. Like, my wife, I'm good. Yeah, you're doing well. All right. Well, wait, well, let's no, wait, get it. Just let's go ahead and put it out to the universe that I would love to at some point be on Bourbon Street with you, George, smoking a cigar. That sounds right. really fun. Right. Right. <laughs> George is George is my uh you know brother in arms when it comes to cigars. We we will just randomly send each other photos of cigars that we're smoking. I'm telling you, man, like, like cigars is like, you know, for me, you know, I don't do much, but ah, like four or five a week, you know, four or five yeah. a week. I'm on that right now. Uh I'm full body in the winter, you know, my LFDs. Uh huh. Like you um, like those? When did you When did you get into cigars? Was it in Japan? Uh, no, it was a little bit before. Um, no. At Indiana, did you get it some cigars in Indiana? It was in Japan. I was in Japan for ten years. You're right. Um, fourth year, there was a a whiskey shop like literally right beside my apartment. Okay. And they had- cigars in there it's bullshit like, i had like quorums overseas like <laughs> whatever so i got a couple of those and cool all right and then when i got home uh i was uh i was in a rehab in indiana i, I told my my, my patellar so you know i'm in the in a cast well not a cast but like a in a machine that bends your leg for you yeah you know, I, I literally have a machine attached to my leg whatever and i have to lay in this thing for the next three months, it's, it's getting the flexibility in my muscle, you know, getting my claws back, back, you know, fired up, mm-hmm. fired up, and then they had the, they had a titanium cable connecting my tibia to my kneecap, holding my patellar in place. Oof. So one of my buddies had brought me over a uh, Macanudo Maduro, right? Oh, so, and I um, I literally on the patio. Machine still on, move my leg back and forth. Fired up. I'm like, I like this. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, this is so relaxing. It's the best. It's you oh. know what it is? Like, no matter who you are, no matter how successful you are, doesn't matter. From no. the richest to, you know, the guy on the line, you yep. smoke a cigar, you feel like you got something figured out. Once you sit in that chair, you're just like every other person right there smoking that. That's there's exactly a, right. There's, there's no hierarchy of money. There's no hierarchy of fashion. Nothing. nothing. And intelligence. Now, if you have a good, good conversation, it's better. But everybody's same plan. That's exactly You're both enjoying the same thing. And you realize how cool it is to be enjoying this thing. And oh, yeah. it just equalizes everything. Everything else falls away. It's my favorite thing to do is smoke cigars with friends. I mean, I, look, I smoke a lot of cigars by myself, especially during quarantine. <laughs> yeah. a Which lot. is fine. <laughs> yes, that's fine, too. That works. Makes everything better. But like when Ward comes over and we get to smoke a cigar together, we're going to Indiana this weekend. And I don't care if it's 15 degrees outside. We're going to smoke a cigar. It was five. Dude, it was so cold last week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like it's, it was 30 degrees here last week and I had a short sleeve shirt on. Because it was so cold up there, my body was, <laughs> you're fine. All right, I'm let's. Gonna, I'm gonna get Eric to to bring back some really short, skinny cigars. 
for the five degree weather. I do. I do have, I have shorter ones for us this time. Yeah, Let's do some quick hitters. 20 minute smokes. Some Grantonales. Nice. Yeah. I got some Arturo Fuente, uh, Don Carlos number fours. So they're real small. They're, they're just a little bit bigger than a cigarillo, but yeah. But Don Carlos number fours, it's the perfect, like 20 minute cigar. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Don Carlos, I love. All right. So, Look, you, you now are playing in your first year with Mike Davis. You're figuring it out. There are some high points for the team. There's some low points. It's kind of an up-and-down season. Of course, there is no high point better than beating number one Michigan State, mm-hmm. which was just, I mean, a, a, just an all-time classic. Um, but I, I want to get to your, your next year, your, your redshirt sophomore year now, mm-hmm. because now you're really part of the team more you're playing a lot you didn't play a ton in 99 2000 but or, i'm sorry 0001 but 0102 you're playing a lot mm-hmm. and there's a lot of talent on this team i mean mm-hmm. it, it just things are coming together even though Haston has left jared has really blossomed aj mm-hmm. moye has found his role coverdale's playing great dane fife has found a shooting stroke kyle hornsby shooting lights out odell i mean it's just stacked yeah. and and you're playing a bunch and mm-hmm. then like you say you roll your ankle Mm-hmm. Um, how hard was it for you mentally to deal with shit? I'm like, things are rolling. And now I've got this physical thing that just preventing me from being me. Yeah. Cause I, I remember, um, I remember when it happened. I remember how it happened. I remember all the games before that, like I was getting after it. I remember in Kentucky, like we almost beat him and Marcus is still still right in front of me. And that was my, that was my, that was my best moment with the uh, coach Trelor. Because we were playing good at a tire game, and I think I had maybe five or six bucks that game or whatever. And then the one time I didn't cut him off, he stepped right from me, got that shot, and then he was like, "You gonna remember that one for the rest of your life?" So I always said, "You gonna remember that one? That was gonna stick with you. Make sure that happened again." And then you know we're on a tear a little bit as far as like the continuity of being a team. You know, yeah. we have our starting five figured out, um, and then I come down my ankle. You know, Steve Wilmer, every, mm. every, get out the way. <laughs> AJ looks at me on the course, man, get up. I'm like, JJ, my ankle was almost broke, dude. Like, I can't get uh. up. <laughs> so, I mean, puffs up like a ball, do my rehab and everything. And, like, this is me being selfish. Like, you know, Tim got me back right. And I see it from a coaching standpoint. You don't want to mess up that lineup. Otis playing. And I have a lot of love for Otis. You know, like he's he and I, but a lot because you got a from Swayze, Indiana, you got me from a semi-country town in Charlotte. Like I don't know nothing of what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, he's from my neck of the woods. Oh my gosh! Like Odo had me working on this damn power company farm. Coach <laughs> and I put this together one, one, one summer. Oh no, Tim put. He said, "I'm gonna go put y'all together. You gonna have to hash this out." So he mm. worked on a power company farm. In like right outside of Bloomington in the summer, and I oh. hated it. Odo had me out there bailing hay, cleaning out barrels, driving four wheelers, tractors. Just then, to just to mend, so you guys stopped butting heads. They put no. you together. Yeah, it's fine. That. Yeah, he put us together. Tim put us at his place, work for this power company, in Bloomington, wherever it was. That's awesome. Early, no, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I see the I, the silver lining is there, yeah. But the awfulness of it was there as well, and you know, part of me is like, you know, Odo got to get his senior year, 
you know, he came in, he did his job, he bought out. Coaching staff didn't want to mess with the lineup. You know, I had my, my moments in the final four, whatever. But we're going to get to that. Before that. You know, and it was like, maybe I missed my time. Maybe I should have been more selfish. And not that I didn't go get it every day. You know, it wasn't that. It was just I think the coach staff had their lineup, and they had a game plan. And who 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 am I? You know what I'm saying? We're winning. We had a great we had a great year. So who am I to say something about? It? First time talking about it, you know. So hmm. wow. Well, you you win the big you win a share of the Big Ten championship that year, which yeah, is awesome. Great year. Great I mean, year. phenomenal. You go on this crazy run mm-hmm. uh, in the tournament, and we got to talk a little bit about the Duke game. What what do you remember? There's so many moments in this game, but what do you remember? Let's start just at halftime when you guys are getting fucking rolled at halftime. What do you remember the mood or or you thinking at halftime? We were weird. We we never felt like we would lose. It's different. It was a different mindset. We never, as a collective unit, you couldn't look anybody else's face and think that they were going to lose. Maybe that's arrogance. I don't know. And, I mean, and Jared Jeffries is on record of saying he was sure you were guys were going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah. He said at halftime, he was like, well, I better not get hurt because the draft is coming up. <laughs> that's, one of them, JJ. that's funny. I mean, I, I don't know. I Judges lights out, man. Like just, you know, watching, you know, playing against the stars a lot course and seeing these guys come through adversity and I'm gonna start as well sometimes too like I don't know I just always a chance there's always a chance man like you know AJ got high AJ doing this thing you know his little you know six AJ's what six foot five eleven you know <laughs> <laughs> six four in the program <laughs> you know, JJ getting hot Dane playing D you know Newt getting hot you know it was just just one of those games where it clicked at the right time. A lot of good plays. I didn't think I, I, I couldn't look at JJ's face and tell that. Right, right. I couldn't look at you know. Now, do you know about what JJ also told us after Dane fouled Jay Williams on the three point shot? You know, which could have tied the game. JJ told us that he told Newt, "Listen, after the game, lock the door." Just stand at the door because I'm going to get Dane and I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. Yes. I do know this. I do know this. Yes. Yes. One person you've mentioned several times, but we, we haven't really got into it. But obviously his leadership was incredible during this run. What did Cove mean to you personally and to this, this team and, and in particular on this run? Cuz my guy, man, like, you know, honestly, if Coach Knight was coaching, I don't think Cuz would have got a shot like that. Um, he didn't have that kind of rapport. Not that he was a bad kid. I mean, he worked hard, too. He just, you know, that missed that. Any of them coming in the program, you got it. It's a stigma on that. Like, with Coach Knight, you still got to earn that, you know? Huh. Um, and Cub did. You know, he came in, had a better chance with Davis, and – Took about the balls, man. I mean, Cub went and, and got it and kept the spot and played his heart out. You know, like he's he. I'm at home. I'm playing for where I wanted to play at all my life. This is who I am. This is where I want to be. It was a it was a bookie career. 
you know, through and through, and this is what you're going to get. Like, Cub is, I mean, we still been friends. I, I was at, with him at his house. Like, Cub's just my guy, man. Just, he's always fun. He's just, Cub is Cub. You know, gave, gave one of my first beers, you know, like he's the guy that, <laughs> when I'm, you know, when I'm in Indiana, you know, I found out that I wasn't playing with him. Right. When I was fresher, I then we hang out. Like it wasn't a day when I was somebody playing something and we weren't involved together. So um the, there are so many special things from that team, uh, you know, and your teammates there and the bond that you have with guys like Cove, you know, and obviously JJ. Um, I want to get into. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is that just? I, I feel like it's just our year that's that tight knit. No, I. I well, I what I would say to you is, it's winning teams. It's the teams uh, okay. like when we talk to the '76 guys, there mm-hmm. is a tightness on the '76 team. The '87 guys, Keith and Steve and Dean, they all still talk to each other. Okay, got it. So, okay. It does seem like that is this magic sauce when you are a team that, like you said, you look around and you know nobody in this room thinks we're going to lose. Like that, that's why you were so special. Um, well, and I, I mean, I do think it's a chicken or an egg type of conversation because it was like, well, did you guys have that connection and that chemistry and that's why you had that success? Or did that success lead to this bond and to these memories that have kept you tight eternally? I don't think it's the winning that kept us like that. I think it's just what we – I think it's the friendship that is transferred the other way. I don't think that, it's the – That led to the winning. Yeah. Well, and even like what I would love to just take a moment to talk about before we get to the Final Four game where you really did have some of your best moments as an Indiana Hoosier mm-hmm. and in cr- the, the most crucial of times. But the relationship between you and Jeff Newton is a special one. I mean, it really is. It is rare to have a friend – that you meet when you're 18 years old and you're still really good friends with them when you're in your mid forties, mm-hmm. it is rarer to have a person that becomes your business partner and, and that strengthens the bond. Mm-hmm. What, when you, you first met Newt really met him on your official visit. How quickly did you guys form this kind of special friendship? Uh, I mean, on an official visit, yeah, but it was like the first two weeks in school. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I'm sound like I'm this wholesome guy who was just this <laughs> virgin saint coming into Indiana yeah. and everything thrown at me. But it's not. That's not the case. It's like, you know, Jeff was edgy. You know, all the cool clothes. I'm like, what's that? What size are those? You know. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of cool. You know, Atlanta had all the style, uh, you know, the music, everything like that. You know, we we, we had Josie and Anthony Hamilton. They're great. Ain't nobody get shot. You know, Atlanta is completely different. So, you know, I get, he gets to the room. And that's the first thing I hear is just Pastor Troy CD just going, just, just loud. I'm like, okay, that's what we got to do today. What we're doing, you know? So, you know, Jeff was one of those guys who was going to be himself. He's himself. I mean, Newt has been the guy that doesn't get rubber. You know, you know, knowing his mom, his grandma, his entire family, his brothers, every single relationship, (laughs) all of it. (laughs) A lot of bad, man. A lot of bad. (laughs) You know, it's just 
you know, Jeff is one, one guy. So Jeff is, is, is his gift and his flaw. He doesn't judge anybody. He takes everybody for who they are, bad or good. You know, he gives everybody a chance. Even though that person may just fuck him over. Mm. Like, he just gives you that chance. He has, does not have a mean bone in his body. There's been times where we're about to get into a fight. Not me and him, but him and some other dudes probably just him talking to a girl that probably was his, that, that Jeff has no clue that this girl has talked to this guy. Mm-hmm. But Jeff is so nice that he does not see a person, a human, coming to try to fight him over some girl that he has no idea may have had a history with that guy, and I have to get involved. <laughs> like, Look at your silence. Like, it's forever, man. Is, so, um, and, 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 ahead, I'm sorry. is Jeff close to your kids? Uncle Jeffrey. Uncle Jeffrey. I mean, that is so cool, man. That is that is so special to have that in your life. I love I'm just it. trying to imagine the guy who comes over to try to start a fight with the six nine guy, <laughs> and then the six eleven guy comes over to back up the six nine guy. Like this is what alcohol does to people. This is a football player. He was gonna whoop both of us. And <laughs> I, I, I got one in so quick, and they literally put us at the bar, put us in the car, and we left. That's so good. That's they good. They, came to, they got you out. Yeah, I'm the guy that that'll that'll look. I'm gonna have to get one in because you're gonna have to kill us. It's just <laughs> I do not want to fight. I'm probably gonna lose and be bruised up the next day. I don't want to feel that. So <laughs> let me just go real quick, real fast. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's you know, Jeff Jeff has this things where his calmness has like kind of translated for me from my business. It's like sometimes like we get like what it was a. Uh, Two years before the pandemic happened, we had this thing where we had three weddings in one day, three weddings. <sighs> but for the whole week, we had 10 events. How many? 14 events for oh one week. Oh, my God. So we had two corporate lunches, like 50-50, a 200-person catering, a 200-person catering, 100-person, 100-person, 250-person, 80-person wedding, 200 wedding. And we handled it. Neither one of us were rattled. Our employees responded to us not being rattled. Yeah. They showed up. I mean, we made what 40 grand a week. Wow. Us like, what what would you like, Jeff? What would you like? And without even a thought, Don Julio 1942. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? What did he say? Don Julio 1942. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like, and like he's, he's driving the food truck back. I get the trailer going back. I'm like, bro, we handled it. He said, I know. And he never gets geeked like that, you know? I'm like, what would you like? Uh, Don Julio 1942. Okay. I went to the store, got two bottles. And How long those bottles last? Oh, we've gone quick. That was, it's so good. It's so, <laughs> so worth the price. Good. <laughs> so good. All right. Yeah, go well, look, man, I. It, for a fan, you know, and somebody who's who's watched your careers from afar, both at Indiana and then your professional careers, especially in Japan, and then and then the Uwe barbecue that we're huge supporters of, it's just such a um, I don't know what the word is affirming thing to know that these guys who gave everything they had to Indiana, the relationship that it seemed like was real is real, and it's continued for this long. It's such a it's such a warm feeling as an Indiana fan. 
you know, we have our moments, you know, business, business will tear anybody, you know, sure. you, know you got to figure it out, you know, when there's, when there's money involved, there's opportunity to grow. You want wealth in your life, stuff like that. You have kids, you have responsibilities, you know, ambition. Has that been a complication in the relationship? The fact that money is involved? Because for so many people, it's like, you know, you don't get into business with friends or family because of that. No, and, and you know, you, you shouldn't. Um, I think this situation is unique. Um, I think that there's, there's a trust, a trust factor, you know, I pretty much manage all the money, you know, mm -hmm. I do all the booking and everything like that. Jeff is an operational guy, like he trains the people, do all kinds of stuff like that. We kind of have the understanding of, I'm not going to fuck you over. You're not going to fuck me over. We're good. Like you, you can't call me and not answer me for anything. You know, I'm an open book. Our books are open to each other. If you want to see That's this, great. you can ask me to come to and see it. It's not like I'm going to get anything prepared. I'm going to open up my QuickBooks Live and see the login. Simple as that. You know, so, you know, it's, it's one, one of those things where, you know, me as the, the, the majority, try to take the trustability factor out of it by being transparent. Right. So, you know, I think if it's done like that, you know, you, you can be kind of, you know, somewhat successful. Sure, everybody has to be questioned. I have to question everything. And I, and I have to be able to answer those questions, you know, so. Got it. Well, it is. It's very refreshing to see the gen the genuine friendship because with Eric and I, it's a facade. Totally. But we've really been able to undercut that by just making sure there's no real money involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go the other way. We go the other way. Um, all right, let's get back to the final four. You beat Duke. You beat Kent State. You're in the final four against Oklahoma. And Oklahoma has a squad. I mean, Hollis Price, they, they got a squad. Shitty coach. And, and it's a nip and tuck game in the in the first half. Very mm -hmm. close. And then a couple of our guys get into some foul trouble, and you have to come in, and you're there for some very key moments at the end of that half, and mm -hmm. you really ball out. You have, like, three blocks, few rebounds, the huge dunk off the Cove pass, which was just awesome, where you dive to the bucket. What do you remember from those few moments that really did give us the lead going into half? And then we didn't look back after that. What do you remember about that time? I remember I'm like, it was like one of those things where I'm like, oh, they're getting their foul trouble. I'm about to go in. <laughs> <laughs> so selfish. So selfish. I was so much, I'm about to just swing at everything being shot. <laughs> I don't care. If I'm in foul trouble, shit, everybody else is too. So, <laughs> first one, like, okay, I got, got my first one. And this, first off, I almost got a concussion in the first one because Odo slapped me in the head so hard. After I got the first ball, he was so excited. <laughs> Look on the tape. I got the block. You know, I'm getting a little bit in the oldest. Bam, like, oh, my God. Jared, like, what? <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that, that's one of those things where they just click, you know, a little bit of time, you know. Hell, I made a lot of money off that that game. <laughs> that, they kept showing that from my tape mm. for my first couple of jobs. And then I'm like, I have tape from where I played with you. Like, you don't have to show my college. I played a professional season after this. <laughs> but that little stint, you know, carried me for a little bit. Well, wow. it, it's because that's the lights were the brightest. You were in the final four. And can you take just a moment? Like, what did that feel like? Like, you're, you're, you're an Indiana University basketball player 
going to the final four, the, the experience of, of the week leading up to it and going there, give us a little bit of that, that feeling. Uh, so we, we're doing, we're, you know, we're traveling the road every week is, you know, somewhere different, of course, because of the, um, you know, you're going to different sites. You don't realize like how small of a circle you're in being a, in a final four until you're like, you get older in life. Right. So it's really cool to my neighbors for some strange reason. <laughs> um, I just remember I, I totally used it to get free alcohol too. Um, so <laughs> it's like uh, leading up to it, man. Like we were traveling, you know, every week is different, class is different. You know, it's even to the point where, especially like you're in class today. Like, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm in class. We get a father didn't work if we don't show up to class. So we're here. It's just, it's more leading up to it and then after after it, it's just people, the embracement of just winning at that school, man, and just the fanfare. You see how many people travel with you? Mm. And you get up and you see everybody in that hotel lobby clapping you in for the games. I remember that part of it. I remember the flag, you know, on the court uh, for the game. That was special. Just seeing everybody in this entire hotel, entire hotel, just the whole mezzanine area just full of just red. And you don't realize that you, you know you play for Indiana, but then you know you play for Indiana. Mm. Like we travel. Like we travel well. We support our guys. They don't care who you are. They don't care what role you are, bench, walk-on, starter, those weeks up until the final four showed me what like the school was really capable, the magnitude of it, that's so to speak. Um, so you win that that game. By the way, the final four is in Atlanta that year, mm-hmm. the hometown of one Jeff Newton and AJ Moye. And we know Jeff likes to party a little. Was it hard to keep Jeff's head screwed on straight going back to Atlanta for the final four? I'll play the fifth in this question. <laughs> <laughs> Can't answer everything, guys. Can't get you everything. <laughs> Can't give us everything. All right, fair, fair enough. We'll tell. Um, we'll take our answer off air. <laughs> you you talked about how that one play with Teague, where he, he you know you didn't get that block against Kentucky, that that's going to be the one that sticks with you for the rest it's of your still. life. Yep, it's still Marquis is still. Yep. Does the Maryland loss stick with you the same way also? Yes, because I was on a tear when we played in the beginning of the next year. And that's when I, I t- well, had a partial, a partial Patelton and tear. So, yeah, it was like, you know, I didn't get my chance to play in this game the way I wanted to play in this game. Mm. I'm going to start right. this thing off. I'm just ready to get it, you know. And I, I had had my best preseason. I had, I was in the best shape that I've ever been. Um, and the coaching staff could, could contest to that, can contest to that. Like, they, I was ready for that year. And you're talking now, about you're talking about 0203 the next year. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly your number, I mean, obviously you're getting more of a chance to play some yeah. graduations and things. Yeah. Exactly. And your numbers you know, jump. I have my time. Yeah. Yeah. And you jump. You're by the way, you look at your stats. What's great about you in your career, even though you were set back by injuries so much, was every year you're jumping, like you're leaping. Mm-hmm. Your production's going up, your minutes are going up. You know, obviously you got really waylaid your senior year. I don't because know about my free throw percentage. That might have been the, the free throw percentage yeah, stayed not, where it was. Look, like, you, you would have been fine on the current team. <laughs> yeah. oh. What, what, George? What is the deal with free throws? Why are they so hard? Free man, 
the freeze. It's just right there for the taking. It's like sometimes you – I mean, I don't know. It's, as a big guy, it's like I'm really working to shoot these threes. I really am shooting extra in the gym. I'm trying my best. I don't know whether there's a whole – I don't know. My excuse is that I, I saw you shooting a hook shot. I miss a lot of straight-on shots. Well, why didn't you just hook That's shot like, the free throws? That would have been awkward. <laughs> it took me out of the game. You want Davis more mad at me? No. <laughs> By the way, you've got to give us a funny Mike Davis story. We've heard some from JJ where Davis thought that he could outrun you guys and he tore his hamstring oh, or something. His hamstring. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. For some reason, he thought that he could just out. I'm like, Coach, I've been doing this every day. Well, you, you, you in sweats and some nice tennis shoes, but I mean, it's different out here. He got along with us. This is funny. This, this is really funny. This is one of my funny ones, too. And it just, I mean, you can hear it. You, can hear it. <laughs> you know, you can't laugh at your coach, but when we got out of practice, oh, my God. So much fun to talk about that. So much fun. We can't get in trouble. Um, <laughs> how, how out of his mind and just being his own person is A.J. Moye? First off, you cannot put a question as perfect as you put it about age as you put it. That was that. You know what? If I could give you an award, I would give you an award for that. That was amazing. How you even just that was so great. So I can't answer that as great as you as great as you asked it. It's edge out of my of course, but it's like one of those things. Like Kanye, is Kanye a genius? Or is Kanye a crazy person? But it works. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yay! Sorry, yay! 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 Yeah. And I'm saying, I got a text from AJ every day, every day. It's scriptures, all kinds of stuff like that. You know, of course, I believe in God, but I'm not this big Christian guy, you know. Right. I'm sitting here like, hey, you got all this time to do this. You got a new <laughs> baby. You got a new baby that's not sleeping. I know she's not. He, he's not sleeping. Like, what? Uh, it, it, it's the Kanye effect, man. Is he a genius or is he a crazy person? <laughs> Maybe well, a little of both. both. I've seen both. Yeah. He had genius moments and he had his crazy person moments. Now, now, isn't there a story about you? I'm going to say two stories that to give you a chance to respond to that I think we've heard from Jared Jeffries. Mm -hmm. I think they're both where you are the subject of them. Ward, again, if the memory jogs, correct me. One involves red lobster and a bag of red lobster food that you like kept out in your apartment for like three weeks. And thought that it would still be good to eat? Not all the way true. Okay, um, not all the way true, but there is some truth to it. So I love crab legs. Okay. Love them. <laughs> love them. I mean, it's the most perfect thing on the planet. You like, get them from Costco? Is that how you do it these days? No, I get them from Restaurant Depot. You can get oh. the bigger ones, the fresh ones. They're, they're oh. the, I mean, so. See, he knows. He's, he's got connections that we don't. He's a professional. He, he, uh, the, the monster just got from daycare, so gonna be, it's going to be some background noise. All right, I like it. I like um, it. Um, oh, excuse me. Bring you. him in here. Bring him in here. Come on, you want to talk? Come here. You want to talk? Come on. Come on in. <laughs> Come on, dude. We want to talk to you. Don't worry. It's not grandparents. <laughs> he's huge, too. Really? Hussie, come. M must get it from his mom. Something's right. Hey, come, come say hi. It's grandma. It's grandma. It's grandma on the phone. Come say hi. Yeah, that's gonna be scarring for him. Yeah. Oh, look at this kid. Hey, buddy. We're, we're not grandma. We're not grandma. <laughs> What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Hudson Walter Weeks. 
Hudson well, Water Leach. What? Hudson? Hudson Water Leach. Oh, I like the whole name, Hudson Water Leach. That sounds like you're going to run for president one day. Better, better known as Beef. 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 Beef with the MVP <laughs> shirt. Yeah. You say hi. No, Dad, I don't want you. <laughs> what a cutie. Smart kid. Smart All kid. All right, so the crab legs. Give us back. So you love crab legs. It was a week. It was a week. And I put them in the refrigerator. They're already cooked, right? Okay. I thought that they would be good when I got back. They were not good, <laughs> and they smelled up the entire – if I would have put it in a Ziploc bag and put it in the freezer, yes. okay, still gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it ain't like now. We didn't have none of this stuff. We had no money like like they get now. Right. Like, how am I get these crab legs? So, are they correct about the story? Yes. <laughs> Was it that length of time? No. Is it gross? Yes. Yes. Okay. Right now, I should have died. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there another story? And I know I'm conflating two things here, but is there a story about like a bed? Like that, where you slept in a bathtub, bathtub. or some things yes, like that. No, no, no. Um, we had uh, Jeff and I. Yeah. When uh, when Larry and Lynn moved out of the apartment, Larry left his water bed. Okay. Larry had a water bed. <laughs> that is phenomenal. Water bed with like the wooden frame with the drawers and everything. I'm, like, I'm totally getting that. Just like yeah, you get. So we had this cover option. We went this covert mission, went and got the water, we put it together, but the water felt the water, uh the bed had got like a punch something in it. So I had to get the water out or the water holes, whatever. So that frame was still there. Okay. And I ended up putting a match inside of the frame. <laughs> That's what happened. I don't know whose bathtub. I can't, I can't fit in the bathtub now. <laughs> So that's what that story is. All right. I felt it right. had something to do with a very filthy bathtub. Oh, Some yeah. Your bathtub was disgusting. Yeah. That's a right. AJ does a lot of projecting. Okay. <laughs> so, so you right. like I said, Kanye, genius, crazy. Yeah, person. crazy. You know, By the way, were you, did you live at the Varsity Villas? No, we lived in Walnut Knowles. Oh, yes. That was my apartment, yeah. sophomore year. Walnut Knowles. And then we lived. Uh, in the commons after that. They were living, I uh, love the Knowles. I love the Knowles. And I went to that Denny's. Remember that Denny's that yep. was on the corner? Yep. I went to that yep. Denny's a lot. Yep. This is great. But like, I like the wall. The Knowles had a little inner, a little inside, a little like courtyard. Area. Courtyard. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Uh, during Little Five Week, my freshman year, I went to a party at Walnut Knowles and it was raining. So those remember how muddy those courtyards would get? Oh, oh gosh, And yes. we just decided to hydroplane on them, like just jump and dive. And I tore my rotator cuff. Yeah, That's still hard. hurts. It's still hurts. It's a good story, though. There you go. All right. So listen. I mean, it's an okay story. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> um, listen, listen. We've got two more years of you at Indiana. Ups mm. and downs, injuries, obviously. But uh, and then we we've got to wrap this up in about ten minutes. But we want to do. A, we're gonna have to do a part two with you where we get into Japan and then the beginnings of Uwe because we've got to get into that. But I am curious. Your junior and senior years. Are you starting to prepare for um, a life in professional basketball? When when does that become a reality, and how does that kind of change your mindset your last couple of years? Uh, hold on a second. Mommy, can you grab me the charger? Is that your beautiful wife? 
Yeah, yeah. Sure. I love your beautiful wife. She's so yeah. nice. We've okay. met her a few times. You just got done with the gym. Come on. She's, no, you don't want to put her on after the gym, man. Don't do that. Job, gym. <laughs> She's great. She's so sweet. Um, yeah, all right. So your your last two years is professional basketball now becoming a a reality? And yeah. beyond the NBA, are you starting to think of like, are you just focused on the NBA, or are you focused on I can make money somewhere else? So I mean, every guy like like me, like I had losers of grandeur, you know. You know, how I would have been thinking normally, yeah, of course, overseas. Um, but after uh, after we got done with the um, the uh, Alaska shootout, no, gosh, Maui, Maui Classic, uh, I got a call from JJ. He was like, you keep playing like this, you're going to go. Just mm. keep this up. You wow. know, that was very encouraging, you know, very encouraging. Um and then it was like, you know, that year and the year after, it was like, okay, and a lot, a lot of things happened. We'll we'll discuss that together. Okay. Uh, not on this, but together, we'll discuss all that. Over Just, a cigar. Over over a good cigar and a good glass of bourbon. Um, okay. But, you know, I you know, I had um I felt like I had a good a good shot and a good opportunity, but for some things that had transpired. I had like 13 NBA teams get me to work out within like 20 days. Wow. So here I am, this 21-year-old kid trying to make a team. You know, am I having the best trials? No. Am I having these trials? Sure. Um, but did I make myself stand out? No. Um, tall, athletic, can block shots. Uh, you know, I wasn't developed offensively. You know, never had to be. You know, um, those things kind of took that – took that NBA thing away from me, you know, mm-hmm. then I went overseas, found who I was and kept getting shots, kept getting shots. You know, I had a couple of trials when, when I came up in my first two, three years. And then I was like, you know, my dad, he was like, George, just see the world, make your money, see the world. It seems like you love it. You love basketball now. You love it now. Cause it was like my senior year, I didn't hate basketball. The injury, the injury was very frustrating. And then trying to, trying to get back and, and get back into a groove. And then it's almost impossible. Like in this season. On a tear, you know, but it was like, I felt like I was the start of the downfall of being in basketball. I feel like I was the cause of that. Really? So wow. Those years after that, you know, it was like, damn, like, you know, I got Klein there to see the next year. Like, what am I leaving him? You know, all because of me getting injured. Mm. You know, that injury was like one of those things where could have done surgery, Sure. Am I going to be a six-year senior? Like, come on. You know, like, and, you know, Tim was like, you can get back on the court in, in about, you know, by the, by the time Big Ten season starts. Like, I think I can have you ready. And that dude, Tim Garl, will always forever be my guy because of that. Like, mm. never lost sight of who I was as one of his boys, one of his kids, really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he saw what I did every single day to get back on the court. You know, he, he knew me as a, as a screw up too, as a kid, a college kid. But right, you know, he saw how hard I worked to get him back on the court, and it was like, it was a couple of games where I was getting six, seven blocks a game. I'm like, just trying to, you know, I remember we, we had won a couple of games in a row, so I'm like, cool. Now we're gonna probably try to get this Big Ten thing going, and it was positive. The school was feeling it, culture was changed a little bit, and then we just lost. We had, I think it was Michigan State, was the first one we had lost after that. 
I said a bad game. I had a bad game. I forgot the guy I was playing. What's the Because when you came back, you actually won like five in a row. Five in a row. Five in a yeah. row. Yeah, it, it felt good. Like continuity was there. Um, spirits were high, everything like that. And it was like, you know, the way that season ended was like, just shouldn't have ended that way, you right. know? And then life started. Life yeah. started. And that was, whew, Scary. It was, fun. it was fun, but it was scary. All right, well, listen, we're going to save some of this for part two, but I do want to read this quote from your best friend. You've probably heard it before. George has the best left-hand hook, jump hook, I've ever seen. The best barbecue I've ever had. And the worst right hand in all of sports history. <laughs> it's like he just builds you up. Yeah. Yeah. Just nailed you. I love it. I love it. Um, I do wonder when you watch Trace Jackson Davis yeah. play, because for yeah. two years we've all been like, use your right hand, spin to the left and put it up with your right. Do you, you know, sympathize with him when 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 people are on him for that? He works on it. He works on it. But it's like it's just so much different. It's just you don't understand the comfortability of it. Man, I can figure out a way to get my, my, my you know to get this ball in my, my left hand. And Trace is you know he can he's a good player, man. You know he has spurts reminding me of JJ a little bit. You know really? Spurs, yeah, he reminds me of JJ a little bit. JJ's taller, worldly better, but. Trace has JJ moments in him. I feel, and I, I, I like he's a good kid. You know what I'm saying? Very That's, good kid. Good How kid. excited does it make you to see his progress on the defensive end this year, particularly with blocks? Oh, great. It's, it's just like you know, man. When me, Jeff, and JJ played, come in here if you want to. That was the mindset. <laughs> you, you're gonna get fouled or blocked. It's a 50 50 chance we're not gonna score. It's gonna be one of those two. And I hope that these guys have the same kind of mindset, like. Yeah, it's a little bit tougher tic-tac fouls these days, but if you set the tone like that and just had that arrogance about you defensively, offense would come, you know? So. Um, I, I feel like we're starting to see it now. Like, if somebody's yeah. getting in down near the block, like you've yeah. got Race and Trace, maybe Geronimo's coming over yeah, there. Yeah. It ain't going to be easy for you. Yeah, it, it bothered me that mission game, man. My wife was looking at me. She was like, you are boiling. You need to chill out. Yeah, <laughs> I could tell you were texting me during oh, it. You were pissed off. Yeah. I was trying to watch. I was like, let me get my mind off this shit. Um, that guy from behind, if he sits down, you know what? <laughs> F you that you're gonna bring this up. This guy sends me a text. He goes, Are you here? If you're not here, if you're not here, uh he looks exactly like you. And he sends me a picture. It's Jeremy Gray. <laughs> who, no offense, but Jeremy Gray's like a half a foot shorter than me, I think, and like 30 pounds heavier than me. And oh, he's like, he looks exactly like you. So look, I understand to you, you chiseled seven footer that all of us are just short, fat white guys, but that's not fair. We don't all look alike. We look, don't all look alike. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I fight with my, with my, with my dad by right now. So you're good. But <laughs> I, it was you. It was you. I swore it was you. I was like, babe, I said, tap him. Tap, tap him on the shoulder real quick. Tap him. She's like, no, just text him. Shoot him a text. The guy's on his phone. I'm like, okay. He's doing like Twitter stuff. Is he supposed to be doing that? I don't know if he's supposed to be doing that. Uh, oh, know. okay. He can do Twitter. He can do Twitter. But yeah. I'm like, this guy's doing some kind of social media or whatever. I'm like, let me, you know, let me text Eric real quick. 
dude. I mean, it's just brutal. That is just brutal. But listen, listen, we're going to do part two with you in to get Japan and the beginnings of Uwe, which we love. And by the way, the whole idea that Uwe might be coming to Bloomington is the most exciting thing that's ever been announced we'll on this podcast. We'll see. So, work. Work. If there's anything we can do, get it. If you need a petition signed, we'll yeah. get a petition signed. <laughs> we'll get it like, out. We there. love it. George. Yeah, I'm trying, trying to get in the right way. I don't want to ruffle no feathers. You know, it's a I lot can't. of guys have been in that same situation. It's a small round table. Okay. Then don't use Eric. Don't use Eric to help. <laughs> George, I got the pleasure of meeting you a few years ago when we started down the road of talking about getting you to that event. Mm-hmm. And I immediately just felt this unbelievable connection to you. You, you are a larger than life. Um, you have a larger than life heart. You are such a good dude. What you have accomplished, not just in your professional basketball career, but especially with Uwe and building this business and employing people and the partnership with Jeff and bringing him on board, it makes Hoosiers proud, man. I mean, it absolutely makes us proud. And this idea that you think any part of the downfall of Indiana was on your shoulders is ridiculous. You are part of one of the most enjoyable seasons of our lifetimes. And you were a big part of that. And we will never forget that. And we'll never forget how good of a Hoosier you were. You were a good teammate. You represent us well. And you continue to represent us well. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. That that makes me feel great, man. I appreciate that. Thank you all. And don't listen to these stories that J.J. or (laughs) Moye. J.J. is more credible than Moye. I will say that. All right. Well, look. And then look, in, in, in part two, we know it's unlikely we'll get Newt to do one of these all by himself. I'll so bring him with me. Yeah, yeah. We could even even trick him if we have to. Suddenly we're just on Zoom and, and he's talking with us. But this I'll has been... A model of 1942, he'll show up for that. There we go. We'll go there in we go. on that. We'll go yeah, in on that. We'll it. send it on, our, on us. We'll get that going. He'll show up for that. All right. Well, listen, man, we hope we see you in person in Bloomington real soon. Um, I'm, I'm sad that our paths didn't cross on this on this weekend. We missed you by one weekend. But love your family. Love you, man. Appreciate Glad it. that the kids are well. Say hi to the wife and keep keep ooey rolling, man. I will. I will. Beef, you want to say bye? Beef. You want to say bye? Yeah, come say bye. Come on, Beef. Come say bye. He's got sunglasses on. This boy, he got, he got a little, little bit of moye in him, too. Oh, wait. Come on, say bye. Come on, Beef. There. Oh. oh, look at you, cool guy. Look at you, cool guy. Hey, Beef, will you do us a favor? And will you say, that's all for the Hoosier hysterics? Yeah. Okay. That was a guest. That was a guest. He's a gentle giant. He is, he is such a, he's such a warm person. He is so easy to talk to. I remember when you and I met him for the first time in person. Yeah, it's it's like his his eyes are a direct window into his soul, a wide open window with no shades of curtains, and and you just feel more zen like in his presence. He does. He really has that calming, warm connection to anybody who's lucky enough to interact with him. And I also, I mean, I just freaking love his story. I mean, grew up in Charlotte, found out today he was a mistake, baby. <laughs> yeah. Dad was a, a, a city bus driver for decades, militant guy in the in the war, 
you know, um, raised George to be disciplined and militant. Meanwhile, um, his mom's a baller who scored 30 points a game in half court basketball yes. in high school. And he's just a big nerd, you know, truthfully, that's just blessed with physical gifts. Look, I didn't want it to get contentious, contentious, but New Hope, the way he was disrespecting New Hope, it could have gone really bad. It no, I'm with really him. Bad. I'm with him. You're wrong. You're no, both you're, wrong. You're wrong. And he's I'll seven get contentious feet. with you. And he's seven feet. Yeah. Well, and he's you smarter than you. Me, Gray. He's smarter than you. Well, I've no doubt. But but look, you guys have a blind spot with New Hope. It's it's no, he's right. It's a perfect film. No, no. Empire Strikes Back is better than New Hope. Oh, that's such a a, a thing that everybody says. Yeah, correct. Just, you know what else people say? Just, Two just, is more than one. Just going. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, facts. I'd say everything George has going for him, you take away. So that that neutralizes you guys, and I win. First of all, it's not me. This is Jeremy Gray. <laughs> Jeremy. Um, Jeremy, what listen, have you done man, with Eric? I just, but back to George. He's just such a good dude who has, his life went in different places than he ever thought it would. Indiana University, playing basketball in Japan, and then starting a business, and we'll get into that next time about the formation of Uwe, because it wasn't like this was a guy who came out of the restaurant business. It wasn't like he was a guy who had parents who had a restaurant that he grew up in understanding how to run a food business. He just figured it out. Like he literally just figured it out. 4.3, 4.3 in high school. That's no joke. That is no joke. It's a, um, it's a true American success story. And he's a Hoosier. And I take tremendous pride in that great family, great guy. Well, and not Great that illusion. I wanted him to go through that aggravation, particularly in person. But when you hear how mad he was getting during the Michigan game, it, it, there's just that feeling of of kinship because we were getting that mad during the Michigan game. And we're all, you know, once your time as a player is done and you're relegated to the bleachers like the rest of us or, or sitting at home watching it on TV and there's nothing you can do about it. It's just really aggravating when a team shits the bed like that. It is. He's one of us. He went to Indiana University on an official visit after never being there in his entire life and having no connection to it. And after being there, he said, this feels like home. I mean, this feels like home is what this seven footer from Charlotte, who has no connection to Bloomington or Indiana University, had to say stepping on campus. And he continues to say that when Indiana University basketball is winning, all is right with the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's and he, and he is 100% correct. It's, it is, obviously, we're all in our Indiana University world. Like, we all are doing our thing. Like, I was walking my dog yesterday in our neighborhood, and lo and behold, I'm wearing this, well, yeah, it was probably this hoodie, the same one. Sure and the lady goes, did you go to Indiana? And I go, yes, I did. And, and then with the poor pride. lady who was on the walk with her was just suddenly sidelined from the conversation for like five minutes because we went straight into our Indiana bubble and we did our whole thing. And, you know, like when those conversations are around a winning basketball team, which they have been what out eight out of 10 times here recently, like, is it really We're eight? We've won eight out of 10. I know somebody, we've won six of eight. Somebody said that. And I was like, that sounds good enough. I'll remember it in this conversation with you, but it's been feeling good here quite a bit lately. Um, Certainly more than it has in half a decade Ward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it does. And like, it even makes 
it even makes doing this pod more fun because it's not like we're just escaping to this wonderful past with George Leach. We're talking about, you know, him being there for a beatdown on Purdue. And yeah, Michigan was disappointing. But then what we did with Penn State and with Maryland, every time we beat Maryland, it's a it's a revenge match for me. I, it will never not be revenge for sure. that championship game um, that it does. It just makes everything better. It does. I love George. I love his family. Um, when we do our next big event in Bloomington, which hopefully will be this coming fall, um, we will get, I mean, by the way, we may already be there. How exciting is that? Just when I thought the food couldn't get any better with the introduction of Chick-fil-A, if, if then it's ooey and like going into the game, we can get ooey, we get Chick-fil-A at halftime and then we get ooey on the way out. Yeah. The that's about how we would do it. It is how not this time, not this, this time, weekend, but yes. Uh, I just love him. I love the guy and excited to do part two with him. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I, but, but the sometimes, sometimes why? We uh we're gonna probably have an announcement about our podcast that is interesting and exciting coming up in might might be announced on Twitter over the next week. Um stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh nobody's listening to this part anyway, so I'll have to say it again in the intro that we record later. Hey Wally. <laughs> no, I don't I think they gave up. Oh, I think my done? parents have bailed, totally <laughs> bailed. Uh, they haven't brought it up in months. I think they have totally bailed. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.